River Kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 93. When last we left you, I believe you were going through Cathona? Cathona uh, of 4721 now, by my count, I think. Uh, oh, 4720. 4720, yes. Cathona 4720, I was um, exploring... I had claimed Fort Drelev and explored the la- its last few hexes and fought giant slugs. Yep. You had fought giant slugs and squished all the ooze out of them and given it to Unbelieve. Yep, because appointed, um, ver- varying, being an adventurer is all about the dignity. Appointed Lillian Visky, Viceroy of um, Fort Drelev. Yep. Appointed Quintessa Moray... Your treasurer? Yes. Uh, and... And she'd made us a lot of money. Claimed for... I officially claimed for yeah, Greylev as part sticking of, your money in the, the Dagobark investment fund. Yep. Which is, you know, currently working for me and I'm sure will never come back to bite me. Because mm-hmm. that's how it works with things that you specifically tell me about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yes, then um, <coughs> Bruno and I killed some giant slugs because yep. I, know how to, I know how to treat a girl special. Yep. Yep, what every girl wants, what every girl needs is to squish a slug and set it's good free. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, she's thanking you for the opportunity. In all fairness, I did the goose squishing bit. That's true, because Bryn is smarter than you. Yeah, we all knew that. <laughs> and why squish giant slugs when you have a man that can pulp the juice out of them? I don't think... It doesn't come up a lot. Yeah. Alright, in any case, and that was the last adventure. And yep. then Kaelin leveled, which was, you know, really more something that happened as a result of Drelev. Res- 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 no, no, as it's totally the giant slug. As a result of the... No, it was exploring the rest of the hexes. Yes, yes. So it was technically the giant slug. The last slugs. thing you need to do to get your level was explore more hexes. But yep. you didn't specifically need to pulp giant slugs to get that specific level. Yep. And Kaelin has picked up a fighter level. Hey, tell me about his fighting prowess. Uh, it was, you know... It was a final level, they're not super thrilling. Um, he picked up another 10 hit points, a, um, another point of base attack, which means his um, attack is now fairly ungodly. <laughs> With his plus 2 weapon, he's doing, he's doing 20 on his first hit and 10 on his last hit. Ooh. Um, That's getting to Svetlana levels. <laughs> um, he um, is um, 
picked up another point of fortitude save because that was the save he was definitely needed. Um, and he he picked up um, a skill rank in balance, which takes him to a glorious zero in armor. He picked up a um, skill rank in jump, which takes him to um, plus six in armor. Which is quite impressive for a man in full play. Mm-hmm. Um, he put a point in intimidate because it was so useful threatening um, Drelu's people, yeah. which brings him to a glorious sixteen. And he picked up another point in ride, which brings him to twenty-two because he is because being the best rider on the continent got him the best horse on the continent, mm-hmm. and he is content with that. Um, and then um, he got another bonus feat. Speaking of the best horse in the continent, he picked Spirited Charge as a permanent thing that he has now. Nice. Because he's planning to do more mountain combat, now he has this awesome horse. Yep. Um, and also Spirited Charge is badass, and I want to actually use it. Um, also, I'm kind of running out of things to do with my fighter bonus feats. That was the last one that I want to have as a usual thing. Clearly time to start cross-blasting into Wizard. Yeah, because Kaelin would be super good at that. Featherfall is a spell you can cast without somatic components. Uh-huh, I'm wearing a ring of it. You could free up a ring slot by taking a wizard level. Man, that, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound entirely bad. I really need another ring slot. <laughs> okay, but Kaelin is nonetheless not going to become a wizard. And, so I, I um, looked up what sorcerer spells you could cast in armor. Featherfall and True Strike are both on that list. I put, restocked back up to five hero points, which means I got one back because I basically spent no hero points in the fight against Drayleaf because he's not strong. Yep. <laughs> Rock and all roll. And um, I got another relationship point with my... Um, with my people and I put it in with Brim because my goal is to have my relationship with her be better than my relationship with the other three and it's not as easy as it looks. Your problem is there are too many beautiful women in your life. Yeah, that is my problem. I can sympathise. So um, he um, put, so his relationship with Brim is now 26. Yep. Which brings us to the topic that you have not in fact told me her um, level 25 things that he knows about her now. No, I have not. Uh, do you want me to... Is that all your levelling? And that's all my levelling. Do you want me to do the NPC's levels or answer that question first? Uh, in whichever order you prefer. Brim's thing first? Yep. Um, you have known for some time that she was functionally, literally raised, uh, abandoned in the forest, raised by wolves, um, but has received most of her education and that at the hands of the... Um, I want to say, oh yeah, he was a gnome, Father Bravia. Yeah. The guy who was killed by the stag lord back in book one. Um, and she's always had this thing about what she calls holy people, uh, which is not necessarily clerics. It is people who she deems to be sufficiently religious. It, it almost doesn't matter what they're religious about, um, but she's got a lot of respect for people whom she considers to be holy. Um which strongly included Corwin in that list, um, does include does include Michaela. She doesn't like her, but she does respect her. Um, now includes Svetlana, because she's directly drawing a divine source of power and also has you on that list as well. Um, Bryn is, is a big believer in Irori and her own strength and mastering herself and that sort of thing. But she doesn't. She considers herself to be a religious person, but she doesn't consider herself to be a good religious person. Yeah, if that makes any sense. She's not truly religious. Yeah. Um, 
and um, consequently tends to basically pedestal up people who are sufficiently, truly religious. Yeah. Uh, so her two likes and dislikes here are linked. Um, she likes holy things mm-hmm. very broadly, but they're not specifically attached to her choice of deity. Yeah. Um, and her dislike is she dislikes when holy people are abused. Yeah. None of this seems to have extended to Niska, who is probably the evilest religious person that you know, but yeah. Niska's specialty was, was having no one like her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't expect it to extend to evil religious people, although it's certainly possible that it does. I would expect it to extend to neutral religious people. Possibly the right evil religious people. You yeah. could certainly be a lawful evil cleric of Rory, yeah. and that would be a perfectly valid, um, valid yeah. setup. Because, again, Bryn is not good. Yeah. Uh, yes, as I say, I, I would ex- certainly expect it to extend to neutral deities. Yeah. Among other things, so Phrasma is neutral. Huh? Yes, yes, but uh, you could be an evil follower of Super Lord's neutral deities. Yes. Uh, and the last one you have is her aspect. Yep. Which is what she has... What you have seen of her is when her back goes to the wall... Um, what she does is she lashes out violently. Like any wolf, she's actually more dangerous when she gets cornered. Uh, the aspect she has is when in doubt, fight. Oh, nice. Uh, which is essentially her default setting is when she doesn't know what to do, when she's physically emotion, physically conflicted, emotionally conflicted, threatened in either way, she will physically lash out and fight people. Yeah. And, uh, that is, and I gave you her relationship point for killing Hannah Strelin. You did, that was what got me to 25. Um, the, uh, you, did you say that had changed, you said that her aspect had changed? Yes. Is that the aspect that had changed, or did you give me a different aspect? Uh, that's, it, it is now a different aspect. When her character started, she was something else. Right. Interesting. But, but um, you're not necessarily going to tell me that. Uh, essentially, the character in play didn't quite come out in such a way that that aspect makes any sense with her characterization anymore. Right. So it's less something that's changed because her personality is fundamentally altered as the campaign goes on. Because it really hasn't. Yeah. And more the brin that was in my head when we started is not necessarily the brin that's come out in play. And that makes sense because that is you know that's the way it works with um, PC characters as well. Okay, that's cool. Tristan's on the other hand. Tristan, on the other hand, has stayed exactly as written. Yeah. I am not my father's son. Yeah. That's aspect number two. Yeah. All right. Family is more than blood. Is very is a very pertinent one. <laughs> I don't know why I've got three aspects for him. Uh, you probably picked up his third one. Ah, right. Automatically for right. having um, for for unlocking his backstory. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I do. Michaela's is still my favourite one. What they don't know can't hurt you. Yeah, what they don't know can't hurt me. Yeah. Yes, the, um, I'm very attached to that aspect. I could definitely, um, build, I wouldn't necessarily build someone who were a veil, but I could definitely see a character built around that. Okay. And what was I then doing? NPC levels is? Yes. Okay, so Bryn has taken her 13th level in month. Yep. Uh, spent a bunch of skill points in this, that, and the other thing. Uh, 
is now hitting the point where some of her skills are getting silly. So she spent another point in profession midwife. Yeah. To have something that is less jumpy, punchy, killy, yeah. sneaky. Uh, her jump goes Wait, to... Wait, when did she put her... Did she put points in profession midwife when she had the babies? Yes. Because Niska. Yeah, she wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, she, she actually had a gash, the dwarven woman, as yeah. her midwife. It was never goody Niska. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, she wanted to be sure, sure that the advice that she was getting was not predicated on murdering her, murdering her infant cubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she took a rank in profession midwife, and now she's taking a second one. Yeah. Um, because less because she's involved heavily in birthing the children and more because she's now involved heavily in doing stuff with all the kids. Yeah. Uh, she gets no base attack, no saves, big pile of hit points, uh, and the monk power Diamond Soul, which now gives her spell resistance of 23. Wow. That's pretty epic. Yeah, it's not super high. Consider, like, your mecha strewn as a 14th little caster will pierce that on a 9. Yeah. Without needing to do anything special to get that. Yeah. On the other hand, it's a yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, bag of tricks. The thing is that, um, you know, low-level spellcasters will go from being able to potentially hurt her quite badly to being able, unable to hurt her most of the time. <laughs> Low level spellcasters versus a 13th level monk is going to be a very sad Okay, fight. admittedly, the reflex save is probably going to be more the, of a problem. They're going to die. Yeah. Well, they can feel free to target a touch AC of 25 if they so desire. Yeah. Oh, right, so they can't hit her with either. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, like, you couldn't hit her with a scorching ray. Yeah. A fireball would be pointless because she not only has evasion, she has improved evasion. And you need to, um, like, you don't want to fight her, you don't want to fight her in melee. But you can't not. But she yeah. can just close to melee with you anytime she wants yeah. because she can not only or, go. Like, she's got like 60, 60 or eighty foot movement and dimension door. All her saves are basically equally good, except her will that explicitly gets a plus four bonus versus enchantment. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and that's all the mind control and compulsion stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd come real early to that fight. Yeah. Yeah. And as I say, you've got one round to cast spells and then she closes to melee and starts grappling you and stuff. Actually, given it's Britain, just multiple attacking you in the head, but still provokes. Alright, so that's her. Yep. Uh, Spetlana becomes a 5th level Eldritch Knight. Yay! Uh, So she's now casting as a 10th level Sorcerer, gets base attack every level, uh, gets some skill points that disappear very quickly down the wazoo. Yeah. Um... However, she gets a couple more spell level spells known. Yeah. One of which is her first fifth level spell, and her only fifth level spell that she can now cast four times a day. Yeah. Of Overland Flight. Woohoo! And then she gets a second spell known, which is open slash close. Oh, she got a cantrip? As a tenth level sorcerer, she will cast it as a tenth level sorcerer, she gets one extra cantrip to know nine different cantrips. And she picked open close? Find me a better one that isn't one of the eight ones she's already selected. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it was either that or Disrupt Undead. Yeah. But, you know, she has that spell. It's called Fireball. Yeah, yeah. It's Fireballs do, do She disrupt. doesn't desperately want to close to melee to um, Disrupt Undead for a D6 damage when she can smite them with her holy longbow. Yeah, or Fireball yeah. them or any one of a thousand other things. Yes, I So I swear, so I went through that list looking for the ninth best cantrip and it was open close. Okay, fair enough. It's just kind of an odd disparity with picking up Overland Flight. <laughs> yep. 
Yep, but what she gets this level is one fifth level spell known and one cantrip known. Yep. Alright, what about the other two? Uh, the other two, uh, Michaela took her ninth level in Initiate of the Mysteries, heading yep. towards her tenth capstone level in it. Oh, right, she's not going to be able to take that anymore. Yeah, I may loop it round again. Yeah. Um, she basically just gets cleric spellcasting this level. Yeah. Uh, gets Confusion as her domain spell. Cool. Gets a fourth level spell, picks up Cure Critical. Yep, and I thank her. Uh, has more points than most of her usuals, bluff. Um, she's actually putting points in Search, Spot, and Listen now slowly. Cool, thank you. I uh, thank you. Um... And next level, she gets more exciting stuff than Initiative of the Mysteries. But next level, Svetlana gets to know a new third, fourth, and fifth level spell. Sure, which I is did. kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tristan. Yes. Is a bard, so he gets kicked in the balls. <laughs> but he's a high level bard. Yep. He gains no fifth level spells per day and does not have a high enough charisma to grant him a bonus one. Yeah. Uh, he gets no base attack, no saves. 12 skill points a level. Yeah. Which he blows wildly all over the show without thinking hard about it. Uh, moving his ride to a medi- positively mediocre 20. Yeah, still kicking his ass. I put a point in decks for this. That wasn't the only reason I put a point in decks. Honestly, I put a point in decks so it could be a better king. Yeah. Seriously, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's your minimum stat plus your maximum stat, so you have to improve them all, which is expensive. Uh... But the only thing I sucked at was death. He's actually taking advantage for the first time of this bard ability where you can drop out some of your lower level spells for new ones. Cool. Uh, so he's losing Speak with Animals because he has Titania's gift. It gives him stones for weak. He can speak with animals at will. Yep. Um, so he's losing that as a spell and thus gaining a new third level spell of which he's taking the very fey-themed sea invisibility. Awesome. Great he, choice. He gains a fourth level spell known, which he is taking greater invisibility. Awesome. Fantastic choice. And he gains two fifth level spells. Don't get excited because he can't cast either of them. Yeah. Uh, graded spell magic and seeming. Which I Ooh. Is, there's not a... That, that barred fifth level list is about a dozen spells. Yeah. Some a, of which are very anti-Tristan. Yeah. Uh, and seeming looked like a very fate-oriented one. It's basically Master Sky's self. It's a cool idea. That lasts for ever yeah. and ever and ever and ever. So you can now turn people into other people. It's pretty shiny. I mean, I do kind of already have Michaela, who's like a tiny disguise god, but there may be some reason I want to take Tristram on a mission. There's not a lot else on his list that leapt out at me. Um, Shadow Walk was the only one with, you know, he steps into the first world kind of thing. Yeah. Until I worked out that his horse goes faster. Yeah. 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 Riding his phantom steed will get him where he's going faster than Shadow Walking will. Awesome. Not by much, it must be said. Yeah. But but still, it's an ability he already has. Besides, as he can't do either of those, so presumably next level he's going to be cut. Next up level, the, he will gain a mighty one fifth level spell cast per day. At which point, he can cast one of those two things he knows. Yep. Honestly, it's not necessarily bad to have more things you know than that you can cast because then you have options. It's just a bit sad when you've got zero known. Yeah, it's it swings and roundabouts, and Tristan has nothing that he can cast. 
Svetlana can cast four overland flights on herself a day. Yeah, yeah. That giving is, her a... I mean, e- how long... Do, that, doesn't that spell have a really long duration? Each one, I think, is an hour per level, so 13 hours. So. Yeah, I mean, she, she can literally cast more overland flights than she has hours in the day. Yes. I don't know how many people it covers. Uh, just her. Right. But because you've got that but special ability linked with her. She can cast it on me, too. She can cast it on you, as well. But that means that she literally now has enough overland flights that she can give her and Kaelin 24-hour overland flights. Yes. And, like, if she picks up one more level... If she picks up another level, she'll have more overland flights than she can cast on us full time. <laughs> uh, you already overlap, because that would be 26 hours a day with yeah. overland flights. <laughs> and, I mean, really, are we going to want to fly in our sleep? I, I'm thinking I, not. If someone dispels one, then she'll yeah. have another one. That's true, actually. And then, regardless, next level, she'll get another fifth level... Um, yeah, at which point... Sorcerer spell, at which point she'll take fuck you in class Cloud Kill or something in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Although Cloud Kill is a bit, um... Like... You have to be really, really far away. You have to be confident you're going to remain really far. I mean, the thing is, Fireball may be dangerous to those in melee, but it doesn't hang around for 14 rounds killing everything. There are at least six things on the fifth little sorcerer spell list that I would give her in a heartbeat. Sweet. Without blinking. Mm-hmm. Teleport, cloud kill, uh, dismissal is all oh, kinds of awesome. Oh, that would be fantastic. Pass wall so you can move through walls. It's also... Dis- Bayerful polymorph. Bayerful polymorph is hilarious. Dismissal is... It, it would be a neat thing for a paladin character to have. Because mm. it's, you know, it, it's a very... You know, you can literally banish demons. That's paladin all over the show. Mordekainen's private sanctum. That's not one of my favourite Mordekaitnams. No, but there's a lot of good stuff on this list. When's Tristram going to be up to the point where he can cast Mordekaitnam's Magnificent Mansion, or is that not something Bards get? I don't think he gets it. I think he's got the best one he's getting. Well, that would suck. Uh, Yeah, he has Secure Shelter. Which is awesome. Which gives him a cottage. But no, he does not get access to Mordekaitnam's Magnificent Mansion. That is lame, and I disapprove. He's a Bard. His spells suck. It, it, why give him one and not the other? That makes no logical sense. It's yeah. Even his six level bard spells are not particularly exciting. Um, Hero's feast seems a very Tristany one. A hero's feast and is sympathetic, awesome. sympathetic vibration. I might actually give him just because it's only a bard one. So it's be the only character we play that ever gets it. <laughs> what is sympathetic vibration? Uh, deal two d two d ten damage per round to any freestanding structure. It brings down buildings. Cool. <laughs> Certainly, one way to solve the Drelo Fortress problem. It's, it's you know that um, there's that layer of building that yeah. makes it easy to build things. Though it's just a flat out ban for this campaign. Yeah, it's yeah. so fucking broken, and in Kingmaker, it's not funny. Um, but it's the opposite of that. You yeah. vibrate buildings to death. Yeah, I can't imagine when I'd use such an ability, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, it ignores their hardness. Yeah. Um, Okay, anyway, that's um, that's Tristram, that's everybody. Yo. Um, I presume you haven't divvied their treasure and bought the items no, and shit yet. Yeah. absolutely not. No, no. I gain, um, you know, at least another 20,000 gold worth of cash apiece. Yeah, and you can sort that out. Go through but you're presumably, you've presumably just done the notepad version and you still need to write out the characters Correct. on the actual sheets. But that's fine, because I'm going to spend, like, several sessions with Kingdom Leveling. Correct. Okay, so that's that's everybody's level. Yep. 
At which point, I believe that is the end of Cthulhu, and we roll into the next month. Yep, and it is 4721. Oh, and it's the new year, yeah. Yep. Abadias, the month of Abadias. It's the middle of winter. Yep. Okay, so let me just um, slide that yep. in there and then bring Abadias back out. Here we are. And we are having a single kingdom turn, starting the turn with 111 build points. Mm-hmm. If I build something, awesome. Yeah, I'm feeling that pull. Yep, made my stability check. I lose my point of unrest. Yep. Um, pay Yep. Um, I pay my... Six consumption. I have a magic item slot. Ho ho ho! Are you braced with excitement? Every time you say that, it sucks. I'm waiting for the turn where it isn't. You don't say that. Yep. Well, this one is fucking awesome, but I'm not sure if you have enough gold in your kingdom to cover it. Okay. Well, I'm. Oh, let's find out. I just. Um, I have three thousand. Uh, I have thirty-eight thousand five hundred. You just have enough gold in your kingdom. Thank you, Dre. Thank you, Dreyled. You ridiculously extravagant bastard. This plus three thundering nunchuck. Oh, it's a plus four weapon, damn it. Uh huh. A it's plus not- four weapon. Yes, but even Kalen doesn't use nunchucks. Somebody sends it. To your kingdom for Lillian, the princess of Minkai. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Now that she's your viceroy, as a royal gift. Yeah. And then it turns out she doesn't have monk levels? Yeah, well. <laughs> she could take exotic limb proficiency nunchuck. Okay, does Bryn want a really high level nunchuck? No, dear God, no. I didn't think so. Okay, so no one's interested in the plus three. Have you ever seen Bryn use a monk weapon? Doesn't she have that wolf claw? She's got a wolf claw karma. Yeah, so that's a monk weapon. I think that's around purely so she could have a silvered weapon for some yeah. or other. It was a, it was a, it's cold iron. It's a fake-killing nunchuck. She got really, she was a fake-killing weapon. But she got no, really pissed off with that quickly. No, being raised by wolves, and she's technically proficient with nunchucks, but the character is not using them. Yeah. Alright, um... Nor, realistically, does she want to give up what's now her, um... Uh, 2d8 unarmed strike damage. Yeah. Which will be going up to, to like 2d10 next level. Woohoo. Alright, no, so, um, I will bail out of the, um, I will bail out of, I will leave that on the list for this turn and bail out of the Blessed Book instead because it seems rude to sell it right away. Sure. Use Huxley, change your leadership, um, change your claim and abandon hexes, build, 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 build. Yep, sweet. So, um, as a response, in the turn following claiming Fort Drelev, um, Kalen cl- collects a big, p- picks up a big pile of hexes in the Greenbelt, not in Fort Drelev. Cool. They are all the ones that bought, they are a bunch of ones that bought a Drelev, because I actually, I want to join my kingdom up instead of it being a single band in line. Yep. And the first step is actually to claim the adjacent bit of the Greenbelt. Hard to argue with. So Kalen claims A3, A4, A5, and A6. Yep. Um, which are a couple of, one of them is a, a um, the A2 one that I already claimed has the Griggs in it, yep. um, which I'm not building things in. The ones I'm claiming this turn, I've got two undifferentiated grasslands, undifferentiated forest, and forest which we found the dead unicorn in. Yep. So I am building, I presume I don't get any special things from these random for- wilderness hexes. No. Um, I'm building farms in A3 and A4, a sawmill in A5, and a hunting preserve in the one we found the de- dead unicorn in on the basis that it's 
potentially fey oriented. Sure. And I am building nothing, no improvements in the area that's got the Griggs in it. I'm just leaving that one un, un, upgraded. It's actually something I did in a previous turn that I'm tidying up slightly. Sure. Um, and then um, that uses up some of my huge build point total. For the rest, I'm building a military base in Thornwatch. Ooh. So at this time, I would like to know what that does. Okay, so a military base. Yep. Occupies four lots because it's enormous. Yep. Um, Happily, Thornwatch has tons of space. That should be your unrest going down, not your unrest going up. I'm pleased to hear that. Uh, it gives you two stability. Cool, brilliant, just what I need. Minus two unrest. Yep. Uh, and it can hold um, up to a colossal size worth of armies, so 2,000 people worth of army. Wow. So that could be, say, a colossal four huges, two gigantuans. Yep. Etc., etc. What it basically is, is it's a huge scale base for holding and training your armies in. Cool. So as a building, it's not all that impressive for the 60 build points that you're paying for it. Yep. Um, on the other hand, what it gives you is the capacity to hold huge amounts of troops. Yep. So if I want to temporarily house a much bigger army, I can. I now have the space to put them. Absolutely. You can. You but like you can put a colossal army in there. Yeah. Or two gargantuan ones, or whatever. It's, yeah. It's the biggest army holding building that you can muster. Right, which is actually really relevant because um, I hadn't realised but huge has always been my big army thing. Yeah. But I actually can't fit um, bigger than huge armies in any anything short of a military base. Yeah. Cool, okay, that's worth noting. However, you can fit a lot into your military base. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, um, that, that will solve that problem, but I actually and, going to need that. And those are not capped, so you could theoretically build an infinite number of military bases. Yeah, well, I actually need two. Um, I need that one and I need another one. Sure. Um, I'm just going to... Ta- okay, now I'm going to write that up on my kingdom stats and, and take some notes on You've already built a military academy, haven't you? I have. Okay, cool. Does it give you a half price on a military academy? Or, no, it can't. No, no. It, yeah. um, it, the military academy is about build, training elite soldiers and officers and that sort of thing. If yeah. you're gearing it's, up to go to war, then it's... Um, yeah, I've already put... Um, I've already... Thornwatch also has a military academy. Yep. Okay, and that is... So, yes, and I built a military base in... Um, Watch, so now I am collecting taxes. Cool. And the Kingdom Treasury ends on 90. Mm-hmm. Having just bought a 60 build, build, build point building, I still had um, four hexes of um, city and improvements. I still have a ton of money. Right. I have some of the um, NPCs as money spent if you are interested. Yes, I am. So Tristan is hoiking that Ring of Evasion out of Dreyliv's pile. Yep, because it's awesome. Yep. Which will still leave him like 30,000 gold to spend. Yep. Michaela is sitting on 40, he has no idea what to do with. Um, Michaela is picking up the Belt of Giant Strength. Yep. To overlap, go, go over the top of her gloves of Giant Strength. Yep. Um, 
So yeah. she, as, as in she's selling she's the gloves. She's replacing one. Yeah, 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 yeah. One with the other, yeah, that's what I did. Uh, and then she is upgrading her armor to make it a um, functional plus six set of full plate. Wow, that must plus, take... Plus three armor, plus three for the invulnerability enchantment that's on it. Right, yeah. Costs her 11,000 gold. Yeah. Um, but brings her AC up to a nice round 40. 40? 4 zero. Right. Yeah, okay, she's um, crushing... I know she was threatened because Caelan was getting close to her, but she's now crushing him. He's on 29. Yeah. So she's 11 points. Yeah. That's presumably well she's holding the tower that, shield. Yeah, yeah obviously. With the, yeah. T- the tower shield itself is adding 10 points to that. Right, yeah. Because it's a plus 5... Uh, 9 points, sorry. It's a plus 5 tower shield. Yeah. It, but she is probably wearing... 80,000 gold worth of AC. Yeah, yeah. But she really hasn't spent a lot of her money on anything else. Uh, Svetlana, on the other hand, um, yep. has realised she isn't wearing anything in her ring slots. Yeah, all. yeah, and now she's an adventurer, she needs to correct that immediately. Uh, decided that since Michaela was buying some of the things, she could buy some of the other things and didn't let Michaela get the slightly better ring of protection. Yeah. Instead, taking it for herself. Yep, good stuff. Uh, to give her an extra 3 AC. Yeah. Bring her up to 29 AC. Well, that's nice. That's a nice solid total. Uh, and Particularly for someone who's like a wizard. Bryn doesn't want any... How does she have 29 AC? Uh, She's presumably not wearing anything. I mean, that's what I've got. She has a plus four armor bonus with mage armor up, uh, which right, as so it lasts for 26 hours, hours a day. day. She just casts it in the morning and it lasts uh, a It lasts for 13 hours a day, yeah. but she could cast it twice and she's got a rod of extend. Yeah. Um, and she's a sorceress, so she's yeah. not going to run out of first little spell slots in a hurry. So, functionally, I've got that listed as a ways up. Until someone dispels it, she's yeah. always got major armor on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, she has a plus three buckler on, which yeah. is a four shield bonus. She has a plus six dexterity modifier. Yeah, okay, the dexterity is a lot. A plus two amulet of natural armor, and now a, a plus, plus three, three ring of deflection. Wow. That is a lot of... She must have had to spend a lot of money to do that without wearing the armor. It's where a decent chunk of her money has gone. Yeah. On the other hand, the plus six dex bonus is a no no cost except for the dex thing. Yep. Very nice. Well, there's also the uh, plus four gloves of dexterity that she's wearing. Ah, yes. Up to that. Yes, okay, fair point. Uh, and Bryn has 44,000 gold to spend. And no plans? <laughs> and no plans. Presumably her ring splots are already filled. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what I'll do with that. I'm eyeing up jumping to something completely ludicrous, like an amulet of health plus six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to just give her some more con. Yeah, well, the other thing you can do, I mean, 40k isn't that much. You could just sit on it and wait for something cool to come along. I could. I'm... I mean, that's what, Kay- that's what Kaylin's probably going to do. I don't have anything in particular I want to spend his um, 42,000 gold pieces on. She's, she's, so I'm thinking to wait, wait until it gets to 60 and I can buy something really cool. She's really starting to hit the point where she's... Um, Although I have to say, magic in the adamantine greatsword is no longer such an impossible chunk of change. Uh, boots of teleportation might be on the list at some point. <laughs> Just, you know, because... Yeah. You can really tell... We've, we've gone from the party that can't teleport to the party... We're going to Pretty soon we're going to be the party where no one can't teleport... <laughs> I mean, Michaela's got that, um, kick, although admittedly that's a scroll ability, she's doing the recall thing, but Svetlana's got Overland Flight, Tristram's got his galloping horses. Bryn's got Dimension Door already. Yeah. It's just you. Yeah. You lump. 
Yeah, what I bring to the table was I kill things in melee with incredible speed and rapidity. Yeah, she doesn't do it, Brim doesn't do it to the same extent as you, but she does do it. Yeah, I'm not saying she's not awesome, but, um, you know, I am, of the two of us, I am harder to hit and more lethal. Anyway, so I have to debate what to do with 24 grand worth of magical shit for it. She wants nothing off that um, treasure list, and in fact, I am pretty done with it at this stage. Cool. You can't give it back at that point. I will, um, as it's got a free side on it, I'll cross off all that stuff and track more treasure on it. Sure. People didn't actually buy a lot of that, did they? No, a lot of it's just gems, though. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants the plus two breastplate. Tristan genuinely has enough money that he really could buy a backup plus three melee weapon, but, um... Yeah, yeah. I was kind of wondering about that, because, but it, admittedly it's um, kind of a weird thing for something that isn't his primary weapon. I mean, Kalen's got um, his magic, his back arm, uh, armor is magic, but it's only a plus one, yeah, and I can't really see him increasing it even with his if last sums. If Tristan is forced into melee with something, he's all sorts of fucked anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. His plus two defending Eldorie Long, so it isn't really going to help him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boost, would it boost his AC? What's uh, defending do when it's at home? You can use its, um, you can change its points round to boost your AC, and yes he could, but he'd have to actively wield it to get that benefit. Right. Uh, meaning that he can't use it with his short bow and things. Ah, right, yeah. So it would only be good for defending himself, and to be honest he'd probably be better to hoik the knight, throw the nine grand into better armour, or Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. And um, that's the um, regular Kingdom turn stuff, so we're up to events. Okay, a couple of things will come up. Um, first off, the relatively simple one that I probably don't have to make much of a scene of. Um, a couple of your councillors will bring you a couple of requests from themselves and the people in terms of uh, future building they would like to t- see for the Kingdom of Staghorn. Yep, Caelan is in fact making his new complicated plans for his larger kingdom and is very interested this is a very good time to do this. So a core of Silverfire comes to you and tells you, and again I can do these scenes if you want but there's probably uh, no necessity. Uh, unless you think they're particularly no. interesting I'm happy uh, to skip it. And it tells you that the people of Varnhold are, can see that Elk's Rest has a castle and Staghorn has a castle and um, Fort, Fort Draylon has, has a castle, castle. And, you know, their Viceroy, who incidentally is your ex-girlfriend, now gets to live in a castle, and Vaughn, who is, you know, your younger brother, um... Does not get doesn't, to live... Doesn't get to live in a castle. Yeah. Um, you know, and Vaughnhold was here first, and they surrendered willingly to you, and yeah. they didn't have to go down by force, and all this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I only didn't... Uh, I wanted to wait until that came up, but I'm happy to build yeah. them a castle. I had the money for it last term, but I think I can't uh, know that Essentially, what tell she's me. telling you is she is not... Hit, it is it is not hitting the point where they will actively start getting upset about it, but if you don't do anything about it sooner or later, it will hit that point. Understood. Um, Quintessa and Tristan will come to see you for another one of their stunning joint presentations. Oh, good. Ken loves those. Um, Hopefully Cortez has remembered the snacks. Where they, yes, yes indeed. To, yes, a, to a T, in fact. Like, to to the point where the one that you didn't eat the last time, because you kind of tried it and didn't like it, has now gone and been replaced with something else. Yep. Kellen likes, Kellen likes good bakery bread, meat and ale. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but but she's got it down to she's worked out. You know, mm-hmm. right? You ate the bread. You kind of liked the bread, but you obviously didn't like it that much because you ate the other one faster. So now that bread is gone, and yeah. you're getting something else in there. Yeah. Um, so they are proposing their joint proposal for the uh, the educational development of Stagthorn, effectively. Yeah. And Quintessa slightly more from an economic point of view, and Tristan more from a for the good of the people point of view are both trying to promote that Stagthorn could be seen as a centre of learning and education rather as a, rather than as a kingdom of oppressive war like so many of the other river kingdoms and rah rah rah. Uh, none of these are things that your kingdom needs. It is just effectively their joint want list. Yeah. Um, they are looking at an academy, a university, a cathedral, and a... Um, we... A Bardic college. Yep, we have an academy. Right. Is that the one I'm... Um, uh, we have an academy in Elksrest. We don't have any of the others. Um, so they're interested in cathedral... Cathedral, Bardic College, university. And university. Cool. All of those are on the plans. However, their um, voice does weigh with me, and I will look yeah. at increasing the priority of them. However, I'm going to take Van Holt's castle request more seriously. Yeah. Uh, so you have an academy then? Yes. I thought you only had the Caster's Tower. That's right, you built the academy on top of it, didn't you? Oh, it, it, not exactly. It's in the Caster's Tower is in uh, um, Lakeview. Lakeview. The academy, I'm pretty sure, is in Elksrest. Right, I wasn't sure whether you actually. I don't have listed that you built the academy. Not that it matters, overly. Um, yeah, I'll just look at because I did it around the time I was um, taking. Yeah. Um, I was taking. Um, what's his name? Um, Christopher Rossi off the council. Yep. The theory being, if he wanted to, he could go around the academy. Yeah, no, it's right next to the theatre in the okay. second area of Elksrest. Okay, so what I may have told you and may not of is um, on your armies thing. Yep. Uh, you can now build arcane casters equal to your kingdom size. Oh, cool. Yes, no, what you did. It's didn't no longer at your kingdom, kingdom size, size minus one. one. Cool. Because effectively, you've now got a lot more sorcerers and wizards and etc. etc. in there. Yeah. I'm guessing that is non-Tristram's um, pluses list. So now we can build better armies. Well, if the kingdom must be defended... It should be defended by magic? I'm not a mecha strewn. I don't inherently believe in the superiority of magic. It's just another tool of education. The kingdom should be defended by knowledge. Yes. Yes, it should. Hmm? Actually, my lord, I must agree with that. More can be done by knowledge than by the sword. Uh, and that's the other benefit to your um, your monastery too. Yeah, is that that can hold an army of monks regardless of their size. Yeah, you because mentioned monks just live in austere conditions. Yeah, yes, you mentioned that. So if you want a colossal army of monks, you can stuff them in there without needing another um, yeah military base. Yes, which I'm not entirely sure you do want a... Um, I'm not sure I do want a colossal army of monks. But you could make a colossal army of centaur monks, which is so badass that you have to do it. <laughs> it is awesome, but I don't actually need it for anything. I know. So fast. I know. Alright, um... Cool. I have noted both of those things down. Cool. So, um, they're happy... Oh, the Academy was relatively recent, so, you know, Tristram could be like, 
you know, we finally built the academy, yeah. but, you know, our, our learning has, you know, it took, because it took quite a long time to build a caster's tower, quite a long time to build an academy, and those are kind of the only really two big academic buildings. Everything else I've got is just, I've got a tiny library in every, um, in every town. Yep. So he, he sort of, you know, we're sort of, we're lagging behind. <laughs> Although I'm guessing Quintess is much more pushing the cathedral thing than Tristram is. Oh, I mean, not massively. The the cathedral's not um, not religiously devoted to anyone in particular. Right. So it's you, you don't build a cathedral of Aristotle. Oh, that's cool. The cathedral is multi-religion. Yeah. Neat. So it's like it's like the it's like the many it's like the church the temple of the many and um that that would indeed be an excellent example of what a cathedral is they don't have to be like that cool um, no that's awesome I'm I'm gonna put that on my cathedral notes all right both of those are noted down yep is that the extent of what nope. happens no nope. nope. I there didn't are think many more things to come okay um I need a new sheet of refill I'm out of sp- this is the um, I'm out of space on my current kingdom sheet. You are back in Elk's Rest, having a day's actual kingdom business. Yes. Getting away from the business of war and things. Um, you've probably spent a couple of weeks up at Fort Drelev at this stage, integrating them and getting all the details done and sorting out your armies and people and all this kind of thing. And now you're back in Elk's Rest going through your backlog of people who want to see you and talk to you and this sort of thing. Um, yep. And you have Liana, your page, Leon's um, half-elven sister, sister. Yep. who was older than him but less mature than him yep. because the half-elf thing and she's sort of running through your list oh yeah, you know, and, and this and this and yeah, 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 and this and this and this oh and um, some farmer wants to see you um, says it's says it's like super urgent but they all say that, um, he says he knows you He's some blind guy, and he's got, like, this really weird dog. I think uh, it's, like, a clockwork man, like, first. It's His name's Jordan. He needs to... If he says it's urgent, it's urgent. I want to see him right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it says. Jod Cavan. Kafkin. Uh, Kafkin. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get you to um, spend a little bit of time... I, I'm talking to people about who Jod is. He's someone you should... Everybody in this kingdom should know the name of. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go have, down. Yeah, have a talk to Leon, maybe. <coughs> and dig, 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 um, Comes back with Jod, who comes in um, looking supremely comfortable, wandering around in his blind state. Um, he has Arrow with him, his blind, his um, clockwork guide dog. dog that Erevetti gave him. Yeah. Um, who effectively has like a rod sticking out of his back. And Jod just sort of has, like, one hand just casually laying on the rod, and he just walks straight into the throne room like he knows exactly where he's going and seems to be functioning pretty well on the whole. So it um, looks round, looks, well, turns his head up to yeah. you, looks to see you is probably the wrong turn of phrase. Um, and he says, Caelan. Jod, good to see you. And Caelan will come up to him and give him the arm clasp. And you, he grasps your arm. Um, arrow, wait. It goes grind, grind. It doesn't bark. It makes a couple of clockwork ticking noises and then moves over to the side of the room. And come and take a seat. Jordan. Let's um, 
Let's get something to drink. What does Jod like to drink? Um, is he? He's a cl- man of class. Does he like fancy elven wine? Uh, no, he's a man of the common people. He likes um, not not cheap, basic, basic um, beer, but something like a, a moderate, a moderate mid class mead. Cool. I'll get um, I'll get in some of that mead from that chap from. Who wanted uh, to sponsor yep. me in the, the tournament? Black, black, black Briar Mead or whatever black, it was. Yeah. Yep. And you you sit down with Jod, and he says to you, "Congratulations on your your conquest of Fort Drelev. It's nice to have that anchor not sitting on our borders anymore." Aye, it's um, it's a it's a strange thing not having him lurking there. It's um, sort of been hanging over our heads since we first founded the kingdom. It's um. I mean, I don't want to say things are all going to be quiet and peaceful now, because that's a daft sort of thing to say. But uh, it, it does feel like things are a lot safer around here. And there seem to be pretty good people, by and large. I've spoken to several of them who have come to see me uh, concerned about the religious... Aristalians concerned about the religious direction the kingdom is heading in. These are not bad people, but they have no experience dealing with the kind of well, frankly, beings that uh, we we have here in Stagthorn, centaurs, kobolds, lizard folk, fae. Aye, we've... It's all um, rather unusual for them. Uh, we've wind up a bit of a hod- hodgepodge, and um, Drelin's uh, got a very strong on the human sort of kingdom going on. Uh, the, the, problem that, the, the problem that's been brought to my attention as uh, some, something of a man of the people and someone who knows about the farmers is... It's not actually what you might think. It's not integrating the populaces together. It's integrating the crops together. Uh, several of the farmers have brought to me that they're, they're having a problem with some of the trade that's been brought in with something. I've spoken to a few of the farmers up in Fort Drelev. Well, what few they are. How a man thought he could build a city in the wilderness made of just a city and walls and a castle. Johnson flaps a hand meditatively. Yeah. In any event, there is a particular pest apparently known as the Hooktang Thrip that uh, is rather contained by the swamp. Uh, Now that the trade and the crops have spread, it's thriving quite wildly and freely in our farms. Oh dear, yes. I I can see that as a big problem now. We've built that road going back and forth. Uh, We're going to need to take some measures to contain it. And uh, the farmer's council have asked me to bring this to you and see what you want to do with it. And he starts expliciating on this. Uh, so there is this now ongoing pest problem in your kingdom because these particular breed of crop-eating insects, basically, uh, do not thrive in the area. They live in the area of the hook-tongue slough. They do not thrive there. Now yep. they've got all this effectively rich food and wild environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, um, they, they have an opportunity to thrive in the area they don't come from, like all the produced pests. Uh, so this is affecting five of your five of your various farm hexes around the place. Okay. Uh, you need to make me five stability checks in a row. Okay. To see, because you've got to try and contain this problem, wipe them out. Yep. Solve the base problem, etc., etc. Okay, uh, so let's have a look. So, um, equaling the DC is making it. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I make that one. Yep. And that one, I fail number three. Yep. I make number four, and I make number five. So I fail one of them and make the other four. Okay. So, um, I can look up some 
relevant hexes or whatever. No, no. So that being the case, uh, so what is going to happen from this? For starters, your kingdom gains a point of unrest. Yep. As the farmers start to complain about damn Fort Drelev yeah, and yeah, what horrors it's fought upon them. Yeah. Um, secondly, your consumption goes up by four next turn. Yep. As you as those farms effectively produce half of what they usually would. Yep. As they take efforts to contain it and wipe out the blight of these hook tongue thwips. Yep. Um, then the problem is solved for four out of five of them. Yep. Uh, the other one has an ongoing blight of these things um, and needs to be uh, either... Effectively, you can continue to take measures to try and quarantine it, i.e. it produces... So what happens there is it produces nothing next turn. Yeah. Um, which is in your consumption anyway. Yeah. Um, it um, You get another crack at the stability check again, but if you fail that one, then it spreads back out again. Yeah. Uh, or you can abandon the farm altogether. Right. Literally scorched earth it. Get rid of that. You don't. You don't have to abandon the hex altogether. Yeah. But you functionally burn the farm down and um, presumably and wipe out do, the pest problem altogether. Do I then not build a new farm in that hex? Uh, you may then do so. Right. But you need to actually get rid of it altogether. Okay. So Loom, if, so I can. I can clear it, but it's like I need to build a fresh farm. Correct. Yeah. And you would lose its consumption benefit for the turn while yep. you're building it. Sweet. Okay. Um, that's the one I want to go with. Yep. Um, I can pick a farm hex that's adjacent to Fort Drelev, the, the ro- Fort Drelev yeah, road. I'm perfectly happy for you to use your own discretion on that one. Cool. So I'm going to pick the, the new farm that's just built. Yep. It's sort of, um, it's one south of the road into Fort Drelev. Sure. It's like, um, it's where all the contamination yep. has sort of come from. And yep. we got We got it in its neighbouring sort of farm regions, but we didn't get it in that one. So I will clear the A. Th- I will destroy the A three farm. At which point you uh, do not suffer more unrest next turn. Yep. Uh, but your consumption is now effectively up by six. Yep. Because you're losing the two consumption that farm was eating for you. Yep. But what it is is I've got a plus four consumption bonus, and then I'm going to change my kingdom stats for the other farm and boost my construction because that's permanent yeah although if you're about to turn around and immediately rebuild it next turn but I might not I might build a farm elsewhere sure. whatever methodology you feel is, is most appropriate yep so I've got 111 instead of 113 farms and my consumption is 6 rather than 4 and so you and John put together a, a farming plan for this first carries the word out to the outlying farms of what they need to do by King's Decree, etc, etc. And this plan goes off pretty smoothly. Cool. Yes, so my um, consumption will be pretty dramatic next turn, but... um... Yeah, what it functionally is, is it's not that you are eating more, it's that those farms are producing less, and thus effectively your farms are suddenly halving their consumption drain that they do, but the easiest way to work out the penalty is just to give you extra consumption. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. And your continuous ongoing horrible problem is solved. Sweet. Well, that, was, that wasn't too hard. Yeah, but if you fail all of those checks, you yep. might have a lot more of a problem. Yes, Because yes. do you burn down five of your farms, or do you risk them spreading further? Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. 
fortunately you put the old Veldheim on stability. <laughs> yes, yes, that was a good decision. And um, I picked up um, one from the fact that I built a sawmill in one of the Texas and two from the fact that I built a military base this turn. Okay. Dramatically up my stability. So that is your pest problem solved. Yep. The next one is... Um, Quintessa wants to speak to you at some point and Nerissa wants to speak to you at some point. So I want to do Nerissa? Sure. So uh, For this one um, you get Liana comes to see you again on another day when you are just running through your, your it's effectively paperwork and meetings. It's the kind of thing that actually consumes a lot of your time as a king, but it's not interesting enough for us to play out at the table. Yeah. Um, and Liana will come to see you, and she's got her, her daily list of your appointments and that sort of thing. Um, but if anything here, she looks somewhat starstruck. And you're immediately reminded of... Uh, this was a while ago now. This was when, uh, around when Van Hall disappeared. Um... I don't know if you remember this as a player, when Leon came in to see you looking really hypnotised and said, someone is here to see you, and yeah. it was Oberon. Yeah. Um, it puts you in mind of that, but it's definitely not the same thing. She doesn't come in looking sort of dazed and bewildered and very mechanical and out there. She comes in looking completely starstruck and fangirling. And she says, and she sort of waves the list again and says, we've got all these people here, but you don't want to see any of them. Somebody's just been to see me to make an appointment, and they say they want a couple of hours of your time. And she's this—I think she's some sort of uh, uh, noble woman, and, and she's amazing. She's tall, and she has this green hair, and, and she's so gorgeous. Uh, she, she's uh, and she checks her notes here. Uh, Nerissa, high lady of the high lady of the Fey, uh, bringer of peace, champion of goodness. You know, etc., etc. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to take that appointment. And and fangirls on, and you don't think it's because she's sort of oh, she's sort of ditzy that she's missing all of the nuance here. It's just this is how Nerissa's presence has swept up in her. Yeah, it's not that she doesn't understand that she's dealing with something akin to a god or a demigod. It's the, the way that manifests because Nerissa has endeavoured to present herself in a normal fashion. Yeah. She's asking for an appointment with you to talk about king business, only this is how it manifests. Yep. And um, Kaelin immediately clears his schedule yep, to yep. talk to Nerissa. Yeah, will clear your schedule. And then, um, indeed, um, Liana sort of comes in, says, Oh, she's here, she's here, walks out of the room and shuts the door. And then Nerissa immediately walks through the door. Yeah. Um, and she is dressed in what you'd guess is her best approximation of civilian petitioner clothes to come and see you, by which it is this incredibly elaborate dress bejeweled with emeralds and all this sort of thing. She looks stunningly gorgeous, but in a very otherworldly kind of way. Um, and... Where you have seen her before, uh, and this actually puts you in mind vaguely of Tristan, um, where you have seen her before, she has always looked somewhat somewhat human. You know, she looks like a humanoid who happens to have green hair. Here, her appearance is much more fae-like. Her skin is not out-and-out green, but it has a heavy green tint to it. She has the sort of long, elvish ears. Her eyes look very deep and distant. 
and she looks like what you very much imagine a high lady of the fae to look like and she sweeps in majestically to see you and smiles at you Caelan Peacebringer it is good to see you again and um, Caelan will not be sitting he will yeah. not be sitting in his throne or chair or whatever he will be standing and will um, bow, bow in a, a, a relatively good courtly approximation because his courtly grace is coming up my lady it's good to see you if you would, if you if you would deem, if, if you would do so, I would like us to take the time to walk about as you have done with Svetlana in the gardens of your kingdom. Aye, yes, we can. Do, aye, we can do that. And um, beyond here, beyond here, let us see the new lands. And she takes your hand and gestures and casts something. And the room sort of ripples in front of you and you can see what's basically this flickering portal. It seems to shimmer through the first world in its strange pastel colours and things. And then out again in what you'd recognise as it's one of the Plainsier areas out in Fort Draylev around... Not not literally the area you found Windchaser, but around there. Oh, awesome. And she will take your hand and step through the portal with you. And it is a strange sensation. You feel like you are crossing vast distances in a couple of steps, seven league boot style. But you're actually definitely walking. It's just you're walking through this weird sort of flickering, shimmering kingdom of Stagthorn that is disappearing past you rapidly. And this is not instantaneous travel. It takes maybe 20 minutes of walking with you. And she is talking to you about effectively small talk the whole time. And then you come out and you are back in the real world in one of these plains hexes of Fort Draylev. And she looks around, um, smells the air. It is sort of cold and chill and frozen out here. And then she sort of gestures vaguely as she does to and the snow around you begins to melt in this path heading through. And it's literally flowers beginning to bloom and spring coming early as the two of you walk through this chunk of snowy snowy winter hex. Yeah. Kaelin looks both um, slightly scared and um, slightly excited, like he finds this kind of intimidating, but at the same time it's it's kind of cool. And she smells the air delightedly, and you can smell the fresh blossoming flowers, and she... I'm totally pitching the Nadia springtime in three, much hour, so. three hours, which I always thought was one of the coolest yeah, scenes that's in the book. pretty much exactly what's happening here on yeah. a very limited scale. Yeah, mm-hmm. She sniffs the air and smells the flowers. It is so good to smell the flowers here again, to see this land again. It has been a long time since I have walked it, but you have spread the borders of Stagthorn out here again. Caelan, my peace bringer. Draylev is fallen, his reign... One, I do not think, would call it terror, but his reign of venal greed over his people. I suppose, in a way, it must have been terrorizing to them. Something so outside of their power, controlling their destiny. Aye, he did no small amount of harm to his own... Even though he wasn't a greater threat, he wasn't a, a nightmare like Vordekai, he did no small amount of harm to his own and those within his borders. Caitlin looks sad and thinking of the bog striders. 
I have seen the harm that has been done here through your eyes, but I have also seen the joy and the peace that you have brought to them. There are no more armies, one hopes, needed in Fort Dreadlib's future. The walls can grow with flowers again. It will be a land of peace, not of oppression. I hope so. We're um, going to need to build the army up a bit. We... um. We're in, if something like the Tiger Lord Barbarians comes, um, we'll uh, we did we would have been in, we, we would have been in real trouble if we'd been trying to fight them outside the city. But I hope with Dreyliv gone that there can be more peace in these lands. He was the last uh, real threat to us as a as a kingdom. I, well, as long as Pytex stays within their own borders, which I hope they will. The Clockwork King. Yes. I can understand the need for your armies. If events in the River Kingdom remain as they are, it is possible, perhaps with the Clockwork King's warmongering, even likely that they will be needed again. It is a sadness, and she says it again in that sort of voice of this is kind of sad for her, but not as affecting as it could be. Um... It is a sadness, but it is what must be. But I can feel the peace and the happiness that you have brought to this land. I can feel the change you have brought upon it. I too have changed, and she gestures to herself and her finery and her slightly more greener skin and that sort of thing. You have known me as Nerissa, a shadow, a memory, a fragment and uh, you have been told this at some point in the past. Her name literally translates from sort of High Sylvan to That Which Remains. Yeah. Um, with Fort Dreliv at peace, I am a remnant no more. I am Titania, queen and lady of the High Fae, once more, at least within the boundaries of these river kingdoms. I will not walk as Nerissa anymore, no remnant, I. I will not be challenged here by Gairona the Hag Goddess, or others who would seek to bring war and discord from other planes to our world. I am Titania again, and I walk in these lands, and I am glad of it, and I am glad of the peace you have bought it, and me, Kaelin Peacebringer. Kaelin looks again with mixed... Both happy and slightly intimidated. Yep. I have no gifts. I have no gifts here for you, but my thanks. As with many of your allies, your she sort of stops to think about this one for a moment. The other kingdoms that you have reached trade relations with. The first world does not trade in anything quite as mundane as goods, but matters of spirit and peace. We reflect what is Stagthorn, and Stagthorn reflects what is us, and it is to our mutual benefit. I... I... am glad that you have regained some of what you have lost. I'm glad that you've regained what you have lost. I know that you and yours sacrificed greatly, but our world could be. She smiles at you. For your heroism, many others I have met would 
wish to claim the hero's reward, and she smiles, mm-hmm. bows low to you. But you are of a strange, indifferent faith, <laughs> and I and I you are a strange and a different faith, and I will respect it and leave it at this. And she leans in and kisses your cheek, and it's vaguely like being shocked it just runs through your feet tingles all the way down to your toes and back up again and then where her lips have touched your cheek buzz slightly like a a little squad of bees landing on it and hovering there and for a moment it's that sort of (laughs) and then she just leaves it entirely at that Because I'm, I'm kind of presuming that she's got the measure of you accurately. If Yo, she's going Lord. to offer to sleep with you, you're openly going to turn her down. And that's yeah. Like what she's actively expecting. Yeah. No, that's absolutely what Caitlin would do. Yeah. So she is not really making even the slightest effort to seduce you. Both because it's, um, you know, wrong to sleep with other women Aristotle-wise, and because um, even if he was single... Don't fuck Titania. <laughs> Kaelin is Kaelin knows when he's met too much woman for him. Yeah, it's 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 the you know that that is that is something he doesn't feel that he as a mortal should be trying to hit it's, that. It's that crazy rule. As a guy, you shouldn't sleep with a woman who's crazier than you. You also shouldn't sleep with a woman who's more deific than you. Yeah, that's it doesn't what, come up a lot for most guys. Yeah, but the um yeah no she's too she's too much deity for me. The, um, if the opportunity comes up, he's not sleeping with Shailen either. It's, it, 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 it's not about the hotness. It's about the, this is just wrong. It's yeah. the same reason you shouldn't just casually pop over to the boneyard and, you know, hang out there. The, the, there are yeah. things that you're not supposed but, to do as a mortal. The, the, this is totally one of those things. On the other hand, Shailen is so incredibly hot that... that because she's literally the goddess of love, it would yeah. be almost impossible to turn her down. On the other hand, she'd never present herself to you in that fashion because she doesn't believe in compulsion or sedu- or, or um, seducing yeah. people against their will or any of that sort of thing. And I get that the fae traditions regarding... The, I mean, they're as powerful as deities, but deities is not exactly what they are. Yeah. And one of the things that the fae have traditionally done is take human lovers, so yeah. it probably doesn't seem like as big a deal to her. But, you know, deity is the pigeonhole that Caelan is and putting her in, and it seems from, real from weird what you to understand her. from Tristan, monogamy to her would be a bizarre and surreal um, concept. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're immortal... Yeah, she's she's mm-hmm. literally at various points supposed to have been, depending on which legend you're listening to, she's supposed to have been Oberon, sort of on-again, off-again lover, and yeah. vaguely queen, such as it were, at various points... But the fact that the relationship goes on again and off again doesn't indicate anything about its quality to either of them. Yeah, and that they, you know, both sleep with humans on the side. Yeah, it's just it's like, just a thing. Ma- mass polygamy is just how they roll. Yeah, you're quite like she. She's literally telling you here that she finds your religion very quaint and strange. But yeah, she's totally willing to respect it because she appreciates what you're doing for her. But you're. You're a crazy weirdo because you could sleep with her and then go home to your wife. And yeah. why would anyone care? Yeah. It's even possible Bryn wouldn't, but I'm not nearly so sure about that. Yeah. She'd care. Yeah. Hmm? Anyway, it's not something I'm going to do to yeah. Bryn anyway. Yeah. Plus, you know, Caelan is way too intimidated. 
So that's that's pretty much um, yeah. it for the scene. And she will literally walk with you around the entirety of the kingdom of Fort Drelev, Yeah. This and talk to you about the lands and how she loves them and this sort of thing. Um, it, it's more along the same veins. We don't need to yeah. lengthen the scene. But it's literally you basically walk incredibly rapidly from place to place and you sort yeah. of tour the entirety of your new border of your kingdom and then she yeah. takes you back again. It's about six, seven hours later. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, once that com- that evening, yeah, she will drop you back. Um, yeah, say her formal goodbyes and thank you yeah. for seeing her, and thank you, thank you, Caelan Peacebringer, King of Stagthorn, for seeing me and granting my request. You know, and sees herself out the door again. <laughs> which point, Lana comes in, sort of looking stuff. Cool. Okay. So, if you want your next appointment, it's this. No, but, no, uh, I'm do- I'm done for the day. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I'm gonna go. Um, uh, mm. <laughs> wanders off to go for a punk. Yeah, um, and um, Kalen is going to, um, as he customarily does when he's being with the family, yep. leave the amulet behind, yep. and then go track down Tristram. Sure. He is perhaps not too hard to find. He is in the castle library, and he is in the castle library with Quintessa Moray, and they are both um, respectively sort of sitting in big comfy armchairs on either side, blazing fire, because it is winter outside, and big thick books on either one of them. Yeah. Um, And they both look up, um, you know, and Tristan smiles. Oh, Caelan! Strange to see you in here. (laughs) I mean, it, you uh, must need something. Come on in. I um need to talk to you if you've got a few minutes. Uh, need to talk to you privately if you've got a few minutes. Uh, of course, uh, Quintessa, could you give us? Could you give us a minute? And she smiles at both of you. Of course, my lord, my lord. Mm-hmm. Puts her book away carefully. Puts it back in the shelf. Um, Tristan says, "You know, you know, you can just take those, right?" <laughs> <laughs> she looks kind of happy with this. And he, right, yes, Mark, um, Rupert has his place marked by his unseen servant, book is closed, put back away. So, what can I do for you? Not Cyclops Liches, I hope. No, not Cyclops Liches. Excellent. I'm pleased to report we've just appeared to have had just one of those. Um, this isn't what I came to see you about. You and Grotista are spending a lot of time together, huh? She's an extraordinary woman. Uh... I wouldn't really have expected someone like her to have, uh, well, quite the the depth of um, academic knowledge that she. I mean, she's not. Um, well, she's she's interested, and in, and that's important. I wouldn't. I don't think she's had much of a background as a scholar. She definitely had a, a fine education for what passes for it in the River Kingdoms at, at present. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, a, bit, a bit too focused on uh, mundane stu- subjects, not nearly enough fey and obscure tomes. Uh, quite, she's she's very savvy with the political situation and uh, you know languages and local relations and that sort of thing. But I, I honestly don't think she could recognise the difference between, say, a fairy dragon, a pseudo dragon, and a tavark, and a tavark fairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surely, if you line the three of them up, it should be obvious by the distinct colourations. <laughs> But um, she's she's trying and uh, oh, re- remarkable woman, really. I, I'll 
<clears throat> you know she's uh, she, she's trying to uh, she's making a play for you. you you know that right uh come again she's interested in you well of course I mean she's interested in you not just the scholarly stuff she's interested in you Lord Tristram Thorne You mean as a man? Pretty confident, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where you get that impression. I mean, she's... I mean, I, I thought she was flirting with me, but um, she but does She does speak to, to a lot of people in, in that way. And, like, she, she, she definitely, when, when she was sitting in here, she definitely wasn't, like, skanking it up in the yeah. skirt and low-cut top. But it was a hell of a lot more than I've come to relax in the library. It's yeah. I've come to relax in the library in all my makeup, with my hair brushed, yeah. in my nice dress that shows off my my assets and things. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's a coincidence that she's um, come up with an excuse to, uh, to drag you into every meeting we've had together, and and every time I uh, I see you these days, she seems to be in the same room as you. I, I think she's making a play for you. I sh- I should. Probably defer to you on this. Then you're you're certainly the family expert on woman. Now that is a truly terrifying prospect. You've uh, certainly had more relationships than Van and I put together. I I suppose so at that. But you know, Bryn's so much easier to deal with than most women. Uh, right. Well, well. But you know, I anyway. I I just look. I I I know I. I try not to pry. I've, I've been trying not to pry, but I don't know if you and Michaela. I don't know if the two of you. Uh, as a man. Yeah, I, I thought she might be interested, but I don't know if that's a if that's a thing or not. Oh, uh, Michaela's a fantastic, r- remarkable woman. I mean, she's she's well, she's she's really been there for me. Particularly with this this changeling business, and I think Father and I left it on as good a terms as we were going to get. But she has an understanding of Father that I think never got the opportunity to garner. She's been she's she's been very helpful, and she's through me with all this. But uh, she she certainly wasn't uh, flirting with me. I don't think. I think I'd have noticed. How does one know? I... What did Bryn do when she wanted to flirt with you? Um, I woke up and she was on top of me. That hasn't happened with either of them. She, Will it? She, she wasn't wearing very much. No, I'd, I'd definitely notice if that had happened. Yeah, no, the, the thing with Bryn is you know when she... She, she makes it plain. I'm, I'm like. very confident I was dreaming both times. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the the only reason I'm mentioning it is Michaela's pretty shy-like. Um, she If she, she sees you with Contessa all the time, she might well get the idea that, uh, that you're interested in her too. And that's not necessarily a problem, but if, if you and Michaela want to make something of it, she might back off without you ever realizing there'd been an on. Like Michaela, shy. Uh, she's so confident and forward. What, what does she have to be shy about? I, mean, I don't think she's 
ever been in a relationship with anybody. Well, you have to. He sort of thinks about that. I, I suppose not. Surely that's by her choice. I mean, well, yeah, because you know, if you be in a relationship with someone, they have to see what you really look like and things of that nature. It's because she's never, but it's because she doesn't feel comfortable enough with anyone. It's just, if she... It's, it's only a veil. I mean, honestly, I, I always sort of assumed that she had a scar, or a, a curved lip, a, a hair lip, a deformity or something in that neighbourhood. It's not as if I'm going to judge her for her. It's not my place to talk about what she's doing in there. But she's a very private person, and it's not a little thing... She's not going to be the one to put herself forward in that regard. I just wanted to let you know what was going on, whereas Quintessa was sort of, you know, born Ford. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she'd go the Bryn Rouge and sit on you, but if she's interested in you, she's going to keep she's going to keep getting closer and closer and closer until one day you wake up and she will be in your bed. And Michaela might just kind of edge backwards and disappear off. And maybe that's maybe that was never going anywhere. I mean, um, I've never figured out how to make that work. But I just wanted to let you know both of those things are happening before either one of them happens. But Michaela used to, says that uh, love is just for fairy tales and children, and that's not true. Come to that, she hasn't said that in a while. No, no, she's. I don't think she thinks that as much as she used to. And th- that's a seems to me that was around the time she and you started spending a lot of time together. So what do you do when um two women are subtly throwing themselves at you? You're the expert here. <laughs> yeah, I, I handled that great. Um, figure out if they like you. D- don't make a play for either one of them until you figured out if they like you and which one of them you like. Just keep your eye on what's going on. No, I think there isn't a single book in this entire library about how to do this. I told you we should have built the university by now. There must be a learned professor somewhere out there who understands woman. <laughs> well, I'd certainly hope so. Because <laughs> i got to tell, tell you, kid, that um, all my experiences by screwing, is by screwing up every relationship I've ever had. <laughs> He suddenly looks very worried as if all his vast, you know, to, as if his 50 ranks and different knowledges don't cover this situation. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on with them. I can't read either one of them. I just thought, um... Uh, yeah, he's got less, he's got not only less, but vastly less sense motive than you. I just thought you should, um, I, I just thought, thought that it had gotten to the point that you should know what's going on. I, I, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if Quintessa's interested in you because she wants a political marriage or because she just kind of likes you, Or, but my money would be on both. But I don't think I'm imagining that she's spending a ton of time with you. No, no, we've certainly been spending some, some fabulous time together, but, I mean, she must know I'm not the favoured son of Lord Thorne uh, anymore. Well, even less so than I ever was with... I, I suppose I'm the Magister of Stagthorn in my own right now. 
It it's seems not, strange when I think about it that way. It's it's not a little thing. You're you're pretty you're pretty high up in the, you're pretty high up in the government, and what she's doing reminds me a lot of well, Van working his way around the kingdom's eligible woman proposing to them, which I hope he stopped doing. Oh, I have to think about what to do with this. Uh, did you come into? Yeah, sorry. He, he looks kind of distracted from it, like he suddenly got the weight of his world's mind and sort of shakes it. Like, did you come in to talk to me about this? Or? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I, no, no, no. I, I want your, um, your... God, help me. God, help me. I need your brotherly wisdom. I wish it was about something other than woman, is all I'm saying. I mean... If you, um, Doesn't Aristotle literally have holy books telling you what to do with women and that sort of thing? Yeah, but all he says is pick one and stick with her. He doesn't say he doesn't have anything about which one you're supposed to pick. Yeah, and then because Aristotle's holy text is different from community community, like some of them you've read are very much about how you maintain a relationship with your wife, which are things like you know be faithful, care about her, be affectionate. And then really practical things like when's the best time to get a child on her and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's not really a Kama Sutra guide to sex so much as the best way to get your family taken. Yeah. I'm really troubled by the notion that I'm now the thorn relationship expert. Okay, so Tristan, you are well aware, has literally never had a date in his life. Yep, okay. Because he was, he was a really, basically a Nancy boy before you started yep. training him. Yeah. Um, you've made him substantively more manly than he was, and he's still in a feet bookworm. Yeah. Um, then there's Vaughn. Yeah. Who you know has, has, um, had several societally accepted dates where he's taken women of the proper station to the opera and that sort of thing. And then he's had a two-month political relationship. Yeah, and then he's married Javandi in what was a political marriage that lasted a couple of months and then she died. Yeah. And, you know, it's possible they weren't even sleeping together by that stage. I mean, with these political marriages, they don't always go straight to the consummation. Um... No, that that one you're pretty confident would have happened, right? Yeah, um, because because of the sort of society that Varnhold was living yeah, in, that, that, it was get an air going as soon as possible. And yeah. indeed, he had um, agreements with the Church of Aristotle to try and get an yeah, heir, yeah, so yes, yes, get a marriage, which he did, yeah, for you, yeah, and get an heir, which he didn't get to. Yeah, well, um, Kaelin, um, Kaelin did that thing on, uh, right on the three year, yeah. right on the last month that was possible for him to do it. Um. So, Although in my defence, someone tried to assassinate Brit. Yeah, so so Van has quite likely, definitely slept with Jumandi for yeah. about a couple of months. Yeah, but he's made it blatantly plain that he he liked her, he respected her, but he damn sure didn't love her. It yeah. was a political marriage to someone appropriate that he respected and cared about. Yeah, um, and then at another point, he has asked Michaela to marry him without actually so much as dating her first because they're a good political fit and she's turned him down. Yes, which I'm proud. And I I hope you know that I told that I didn't tell Tristram that mm-hmm. and I didn't tell him anything Michaela's told me privately. Because yep. I worked hard yep, on that. Yep, and then there's the Van Svetlana relationship dynamic. It's like the whole game is just romance romance subplot and crisis. Yeah, uh-huh. which is awesome. Um... Anyway, so Tristan buries, tucks, tucks us away, and he says, uh, what, what did you need my help with? Uh, uh Nerissa. Yes? Uh, have you talked to her recently? Uh, yeah, just, um, just very recently, actually. Um, she, 
came to... It'll sound strange. When I speak with her, I read and she's in. He sort of gestures idly to a pile of books. It's like reading through a conversation that you've already had and enjoyed several times. It's... I'm not sure I could describe it any better than that. But but yes, for the purposes you'd understand, I've spoken to her pretty recently. Did you notice anything different about her? Oh, you've you've spoken to her recently? We, we went round Fort Drelev together. That she's answering to Titania again? Yeah. Well, isn't that fantastic? That's what I wanted to ask you. It kind of... I'm a little scared. What's to be scared of? I mean, she's... Did we do that? How can how can that be? Oh, that's that's a gross oversimplification, but um, in terms you'd understand, sure, yes. Is that you know? Is that is that a good thing? So, Nerissa is that which remains. She's what's left of Titania. I don't understand all of the background. It, in fact, it's very possible that she, Oberon, and perhaps Mab are the only people, you know, I say people, you understand what I mean, uh, in in the entire of Galerian who understand exactly what happened there, but the Fae Lords and Ladies left this world to protect it from the outer darkness, to seal it away, to lock the gates that should never be opened. Uh, Mab ceased to be in largest part and became Desna. Oberon, he shrugs slightly, ceased to be. He yet remains a fragment and a shadow in these river kingdoms. And Titania became Nerissa, that which remains of what was left of her. The rest, I can only presume, parted from the world. Uh, here in the river kingdoms, they've all remained the strongest. This is the strongest... This land of the Ruin Kingdoms is the most connected to the First World in all of Galarian. It's the closest to the original Fey realms, the world that was, the wonders and majesty and rat, 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 mm-hmm. rat. Um, uh, their influence has been very significantly reduced, but uh, so uh, your gods, for example, Aristotle has power here in the River Kingdoms because people worship him. In turn, he imbues his worshippers with power, he protects the communities, that sort of thing. Uh, by contrast, take someone relatively obscure like Nadera, the goddess of uh, tra- the goddess of tragic and hard romance. Uh, she has a small presence in Tien's eye, and now a small presence here. It used to be that she barely existed beyond the borders of her kingdom. Now she's growing in power as her worship and name has become growing. Likewise, uh, something more obscure like uh, Fujin, god of dishonor in Tianzai, has no presence outside of Tianzai at all, and even there he's an archaic dying religion. You're not very interested in this, I can see. <laughs> but uh, the, the point is that their sphere of influence directly relates to their connection to their worshippers, their land, that sort of thing. None of us here worship Titania, but we've made alliances of sorts with her. We have shared in her, and we're doing great things for this segment of the River Kingdoms. I suppose it's, it's a, it is a good thing. I'm just a little 
I've never, I, I've never really, she's an amazing lady, but I don't really understand her. I, I've always been a little afraid our interests might differ at some point. Well, I mean, that's the fay for you. Were, and he smirks very slightly, not quite human. Well, the, I mean, some I... Some of us more so than others. In her case, some of us less so than others. I understand. That I'm hardly one to poke stones at folk for not being entirely human. But I... It's like you and the gods. I, I just don't... I don't get... It, it's not my... It's not my area. It's not my kin. I just feel a little... Feel a little intimidated by her, which I think is not actually an unsmart place to be. And um, I guess I feel a little intimidated that such as we could have such an influence on something. I mean, what does it mean that if the if the fae, if the fae lords and ladies are gone, what does it mean that she's back? I don't expect you to see any mm, sort of earth-shattering results. Her influence may seem impressive to us, but. It's only a span of several hundred miles. Even so far as Dagamark, I imagine her presence is severely limited in were you to go to somewhere relatively close, geographically speaking, like Katapesh, she would have no presence of any kind, let alone the far-off jungles of Mwangi or the crown of the world. So it's not what she had before, it's just a little more than what she what she had had most recently. What she had before was a world uh, imagine if say you had been starving for days and days and days and days and days and then somebody gave you uh, a, a, a drumstick of chicken not even an entire chicken like you usually eat just just a drumstick there's a lot of meat to feed <laughs> he looks down at his own very slender waist like <laughs> elven type frame yes You would devour that quickly. You wouldn't be as full as you had been, but relative to the meals you'd been eating, it would be a feast. Aye, aye, I see it. Or if it would change anything fundamentally about you, although a Kalen that eats is. You know, this metaphor is escaping me a little. No, that's that's all right. I I think I get it. No, that is it is a good thing. You're right. It's important to her that she's answering to Titania again rather than Narissa. It means she's herself again. No, that's a good thing. It's a it is a good thing. She's um she's been very good to us. It's just uh I expect it's just just a little scary. I expect she may be hitting the point within this very limited sphere of influence, metaphysically speaking that she could perhaps draw worshippers again, perhaps even grant, say, the powers of a cleric. Uh, But she hasn't really expressed any such interest to me, or I believe you. I don't... I'm not... I don't think... I know the fey lords and ladies used to be as powerful as gods, but I don't think that's... They used to do the same things that the gods do. Mm. As as far as I'm aware. They must... Sort of, they exist in the first world, whereas the gods have their own little realms. Indeed, it's not the same. It's not, and I don't think they ever did have 
clerics the way we understand them. And she has a she has a great interest in in the people of Stagthorn broadly. I don't think her interest is that specific beyond a very select few. I think if she's going to regain her powers, she'll do the kinds of things she used to do back in the day. And I don't really have the slightest kenning of what that used to be, but I don't think it's being a god as we understand them. Yeah, but ba- basically, based on his understanding, that's a thing that he now deems she theoretically has the power to do. But as she's exhibiting no interest or making any effort to roll up worshippers, and she's clear- clearly quite capable of, say, appearing in a burst of light in the middle of the town and shouting, yeah. ah ha I am your god, worship me, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that... Uh, that doesn't strike me as so far. Anyway, that's all right. I just wanted to talk to someone about it, and you're uh, uh, the one who has the most knowing of. Of course, I'm. I'm most excited about it. Oh, I can see why. You know, you know, I, I, I'd love to go for a walk and see the flowers growing in springtime. As it was, I got the idea, but an idea is not a smell. Well, I think um, if you want to, um, she might be quite willing to take you. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty thing. Is is the lands around Fort Dre live? There's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff out there. I'll, I'll get my ring and speak to her. Thanks, and don't worry too much about the other thing. I just wanted to let you know what might be in the wind, and but um, if you give it time, you'll be able to figure it. If you give it time and don't promise anything, you're not prepared to commit to. Um, you'll sort it out given time. If I can sort it out, anybody can sort it out, and you're a lot brighter than I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, not to blow my own horn, but I'm, but I'm, I'm well-educated, I'm learned, I'm, I'm the magister of a kingdom, I'm a smart man. I can work out what to do with women. Well, the main thing is I think you should bear in mind there's going to be a few women that are going to be interested in you. These two may not be the limit of it. You've got a lot of... You, you've got a fair amount of clout and power and the like, and you're not bad-looking neither. There's um, going to be... There's going to be women after you. You're going to have to sort out which one you want, because oh. it's not going to be as simple as taking anyone that will have you. And believe me, I was uh, my plan of just taking anyone who was prepared to have me didn't work out at all well once there was more than one choice. Uh, you mean like how Lord Tyrion's made it clear that um, Cassandra is uh, available and uh, yeah, eligible and that sort of thing? I need to have this conversation with Van as well. Uh, about that, um, this... Uh, can I tell you something that you're going to keep really, really to yourself and not tell anyone? Uh, if I think it's... Uh, most I can promise is that I think it's... If I think it's in their best interests, although I think I probably have an idea where you're going with this, if I think you know what I think you know that you know. Uh, Cassandra's not really interested in men per se. Oh, you know. Oh, thank goodness for that. I've been keeping on that one for a while. Um, so, you know, I don't think either you and Van should go make, go make a political marriage in that direction. Oh, I, I've endeavoured to dissuade Lord Tyrion, but Cassandra made it clear that um, she didn't want him to know that she was... Uh, yeah, I know. That I... she was sleeping with... And he sort of pauses at this one. Lillian, yeah. Oh, you know that one, too. Oh, well, that makes us a lot less awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the, um, but I don't know if you see what I mean, because if Turian finds out, I didn't know. Because I'm telling him. I, I've known for a while, but I'm, I'm completely willing to respect Cassandra's wishes and not tell her father in this matter. I think, 
it might be better for her if she was open with him, but I can understand she doesn't want to hurt him, and he has a lot invested in her and her future, and the weight of parental approval can be quite pressuring. I, uh, some. But I've, I've I, I'm, I'm, known I'm this for good. some time. Who do you think was uh, helping smuggle Lily in, in and out? In and out. I, uh, th- that's alright. I just wanted to make certain. Um, I don't want either of you to wind up heading in that direction unless you're aware of the stakes, as it were. I'll need to talk it over with Van, I suppose. That should be wonderful. Uh, no, no, I. I... Spoke to I spoke to Lord Terrian and um, made it clear that I wasn't interested in in Cassandra in that way. He didn't seem that surprised he, that, that to find that I. He seemed to. Uh, he talk, He also talked about my lack of experience with women and how he understood where I was coming from, but that at some point I'd need to grow up and do what was best for the community. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got the undertone there. He thinks it's Tristan's he thinks the one. Tristan's gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because Tristan is an extremely eligible bachelor who's made no efforts to correct that whatsoever. And also, um, slightly effeminate and spent yeah. all his time in libraries reading books. Yeah, whereas Vaughn, on the other hand, very clearly isn't. Because yeah. he's actively, or at least, like, you know, Terry and. If, he, if, he, if he's, he's gay, he's at least the nice kind of Aristotelian appropriately secret gay. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's made an effort to conceal it from who else. Yeah. Honestly, you know, that's not completely inconceivable. Hmm? I mean, the thing is, if you've been raised to conceal it from everybody, that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. But, um. Anyway. Oh, well, that. That might be the safest thing for all concerned. Anyway, yeah, I, I wanted her to tell him, but um, she thinks he'll uh, t- her to tell him, but she thinks he'll disown her. And I think that's probably true. I think he will as well. I don't think he'd necessarily stick to that if it turns out she's really serious. But I think that's what he. I think that he'd go straight to that to try and get her to to snap out of it. And I I can't promise. I, I don't want to lead her. I, 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 I wouldn't lead um, half a dozen green men in against a troll all if I could help it, and I don't want to lead her on a fight that she can't necessarily win. Well, according to some Aristarlin texts, he sort of hand waves these <laughs> paltry, um, holy words. Yeah, su- such phases should not be encouraged and more gently corrected out for the good of the community. It's. Uh, it's not something I've. Uh, I can really understand, but it doesn't seem to be any of my business. Like, I just... I want you two to be happy. If you wind up going down the political road, that's your decision. But I think you should at least know if you're heading for a woman who isn't interested in men. I, I understand completely. I hadn't thought about the marriage helping Cassandra politically... I suppose that's something to consider. I don't think um, taking a road where she's going to conceal it permanent uh, from her father permanently is doing her any favours. I just don't no, want her to be unhappy. Uh, n- n- neither do I, but her and Lillian are as happy as they're getting while they're still prepared to keep sneaking around about it. And for the moment, they both seem content with that. The conversation they're going to have if Cassandra um, tries to... Um, 
make a political marriage and keep Lillian on the side, with which she thinks Lillian will be okay with. I'll be in the library when that happens. I'll be a, I'll be in a different part of the kingdom. Perhaps I'll play. I'll attempt to plane shift to the first world. <laughs> uh, well, or hell, somewhere slightly more cl- with a slightly more pleasant climate. Well, just think how great it will be if you're not the guy in the, on the other end of that particular mm. bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that particular giant fireball. <laughs> anyway. Thanks. As ever, I appreciate your knowing things that I don't. There's a broad field there. And I appreciate you knowing all of it. I'll let you get back to your full chicken. <laughs> As you're leaving the library, he turns to his unseen servant. Rupert, uh, begin going through and pull out all the books. That, pu- pull out all the books on the subject of woman. Bump, 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 you hear behind you. <laughs> I really don't think this is the, the yeah. <laughs> That's totally the skip horse thing. That yeah, the girl asks the nerd guy if he's interested in her, and there's a silence. Hold on, I'm gonna go online and look up if there's cheat codes for this. Very wise. <laughs> okay, and that's uh, scene number two that went to other places I didn't see it going. <laughs> It just kind of went where it went. Mm-hmm. Well, that will actually segue nicely into scene three if you want okay. to go there. Yep, go ahead with Contessa. Um, so about two days after that, yep. um, Quintessa will, um, uh, you know, literally uh, make an appointment for a private yep. um, uh, council meeting with you. Yep. Um, to cheat you. Yeah doesn't need to be an elaborate setup. She makes yep. an appointment with you. She comes in to see you. Um, and, you know, comes in dressed very nicely again. Um, enough with Kalen's. You know, you, usually I, I think, these meetings with her are always kind of delightful. Kalen feels free to look at woman. Kalen yep. looks at woman. Yep. And Quintessa is definitely one of the women that he looks at. He tries not to ogle the kale openly, but he definitely does it on the sly, because he's not sure she's comfortable with that, but he's definitely doing it on the sly. Yeah, and she's completely ignorant of that with her plus 27 cents, but I don't know what the hell it is. Kaelin, like, but the point is that Kaelin is endeavouring to do yep. it, not do it in a way that makes her feel uncomfortable. Yep, yep. Plausible deniability. That's yep. the solution. Yeah. Been there, done that. Um, anyway... Quintessa will come in to see you, gives you the low, cleavage filled bow, smiles. She says, Your Majesty. She smiles at you again. Kaelin takes a seat next to you. You're in sort of the more meeting room. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of... Because this would be in the Elkthrist Castle, this yep. is one of my offices that I yeah, have yeah, in the Elkthrist. casual offices. This is, uh, I have the big formal throne room, but I don't really talk to people there yep. unless... I don't talk to my advisors there. I have little closet-sized closet yep. rooms, which I... Which are stacked high with paperwork I'm hoping I won't have to read. She will come and sit right down next to you, and she says, well... Uh, the the Dagamart financial initiatives appear to be going well, blah, blah, blah. Gives yep. you a bit of info dump of, yay, we're making money, here's where the economy and the bill point score is and that kind of thing. Yep. It all sounds good and healthy. Um, and then, having had ten minutes or so of this, she flushes slightly and says, uh, that wasn't exactly what I came to talk to you about today. I was, I was hoping to speak to you on a 
personal matter, if I might. Uh, sure. I, um, absolutely. And, um, Kayla looks slightly awkward because he and Quintessa have not exactly had a lot of personal conversations. He doesn't know very well. I'm aware this might be somewhat... I'm aware that the two of us are not yet close enough to speak of this sort of thing precisely, but it touches very closely upon you, and uh, frankly, Caelan, I've, I've never been in a position to make over amounts of friends in Castle Dreyleaf. I have always been seen, well, let's be blunt here, I've been seen as Hannes's mistress and plaything. It is not a position that engenders and encourages trust or respect. And your uh, and of the friends I have endeavoured to of the people I have endeavoured to approach here in Stagthorn, uh, Michaela and I seem to be. She makes the sort of bouncing off each other gesture with her fingers. Lady Svetlana is is charming and very kind, and Lady Bryn, I think. Uh, is someone less politically subtle than I'm used to dealing with. <laughs> uh, and I think you were the person most directly affected by this to speak to. Uh, I'm sorry, this, this must seem a little ridiculous, but I'm... If you would believe it, I'm having something of a romantic dilemma. I well, I've been told that I'm now no longer the most ignorant person in the castle when it comes to such things. Um... Um, certainly, I, I'm, I'm not myself very good with such things, but I have had a lot of practice at doing it wrong. And when it comes to us, I don't know you very well, Quintessa, but I would like to. I hope we will have a great deal of time to forge that relationship together. I do not know if... I, I do not think it will be... As family, however, I, I have received a marriage proposal, and I am I am not certain how to proceed. I, I wasn't expecting it from, but uh, your brother has proposed to me yesterday. Which one? She uh, uh, looks slightly sideways at you, like this is yeah. a kind of a left field question, and she says. And she sort of takes a long look at you from she says, Lord Vaughan, of course. Aye, alright. Uh, yeah, okay, that that's the thing he does. But is Lord Tristan perhaps uh, about to Uh no, I no no. I, I I don't think that's a very likely circumstance. It's just the two of you oh. have been spending a lot of time together. Yes, of course. No. That's uh, not a likely circumstance at all. Uh, I, I mean uh, I in the sense that um, I don't think you know he'd be comfortable proposing to... He's not the sort to propose to a woman he's only known a couple of months. Uh, yes, yes, uh, of course. Uh, and can you make me sense more of here? Yeah. Eighteen. Okay. And you have no real read on what to take away of, you know, the sincerity of this or the depth of this or whatever... But she sort of sinks down and crushes a bit at that. Mm-hmm. When you when you say, oh, no, no, you know, Tristan's not likely to do that. And she's like, 
No, no, yeah. Of course he isn't stupid me, you know. No, no, no <laughs> it's alright. Yeah. So, Callum tries to, you know, um, cool. To play up, yeah, the, yeah. the um, the, because he's only he, he's only just started talking yeah, to yeah. you. But but she's heard the one thing that she was pretty much expecting to hear, which is yeah, that's not going to happen. Crap! <laughs> it's it's not what you said. Yeah, that's, that's crushed her. It's the she suddenly went. Wait, hang on. Is Tristan going to propose to me? Oh no, dumbass! Of course he isn't. You know, Contessa, yep. you're stupid. What's <laughs> all right? Don't dream. Don't start wishing only wounds the heart. Uh, I, I believe it was uh, rather drummed into Van that he needed to make a political marriage, and his first one having ended badly has not stopped him from looking up from alliances in that regard. Yes, I've come to understand the circumstances of his the tragedy with Lady Jamandi. Aye. Unfortunate for all concerned, but it, it has been over a year I understand why. I understand that he's ready to move on. I just I, I wasn't expecting it. I I I, I suppose I am now Lady Quintessa Moray in my own right, and I'm therefore a suitable political match for him, and he did indeed make uh, several good reasons why such a uh, so why such a wedding should occur. It's just that I, I don't... I, I mean no disrespect to your, your brother Van whatsoever, but I only know of him, I barely know him, I... I don't wish to find, and I, I again want to express that I don't wish to draw any comparison between your brother and Hannah Australia, but I don't want to find myself in circumstances where I'm in another relationship bound to a man whom is not the one I choose. I... Van's a good man, he's not like Hannah's, but you're... One of the reasons Strayleaf went... One of the mistakes Strayleaf made, I think, is that he never really saw you. I know you've presented yourself as someone who no one should take seriously at times to protect yourself, but the truth is you've got a lot of power and clout in your own right. You've got a lot of things that you know how to do and you've got a lot of competence. You don't have to... You are Lady Quintessa Murray. You don't have to make a political alliance with a man just to secure your position. You're free to make your own choice about whether that's something you want to do. That is that, that is my understanding. That, that is how things work here in Stagthorn. But I have yet to decline Varn. I... I wish to speak to you about it first. I don't wish to wound your family's pride. We're um, we're the robust sort, not the fragile sort. It wouldn't offend me, and I don't think it'll offend Van. He's um, not making these sort of offers out of a 
passionate heart. I did suggest that he perhaps could approach Lady Svetlana with this as, as another uh, eligible and suitable bachelorette within the kingdom, but he explained there were extenuating circumstances. Did he say what they were? I didn't wish to pry. Oh, oh that makes one of us. Uh, however, if, if I could... If I would speculate... Uh, she has been wed before, she is common-born, although less of a problem in your kingdom, and she has a child with the king. <laughs> she oh, says, yeah. sort of approaching this, like, delicately, as delicately as she can, while oh, still yeah. making the point. That. Oh, I hope that's not going to screw things up between them. Oh, yeah... Switlana's got baggage and that's sort of my fault, but it's... In any case, I intend to turn Van down, not out of any lack of respect for him. I, I know him only by refutation. I'm sure he is a remarkable and kind enough and kind enough man once you get to know him, but I'm in no hurry to uh, move into such a political marriage. I, um, as a king, I would advise you to be careful of what you choose to do and to protect your own power, purely as a man and just speaking from my own life. I grew up much more than common born, and uh, have had to take things as I find them. I wasn't raised noble. I don't understand this Bravoyan craze for political marriages. I didn't marry where it would bring me political advantage, and it's brought me nothing but happiness I never dreamed of. I would wholeheartedly advise everyone to steer away from marrying for politics and convenience. It's I've yet to see it work well and there certainly appears to have been plenty of folk who've given it a go it depends on what you want out of life I suppose but I would say there's plenty of ways to gain political power and marriage doesn't have to be one of them it's not 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 really not really any of my business but it's just political power by marriage has been it has been made clear to me that I bring uh, enough assets to the table and she sort of runs a hand slowly down her body to trade for such a thing but I have paid for my life with the coin that I have but it's not a position that I wish to settle permanently into for myself it's not a position that I want to see any woman in From my own life, I know the price that a woman can pay when she has no other coin to trade in. And I'm I'm as common-born... In fact, forgive me, I'm far more common-born than you, Lord, (laughs) eldest son of the House of Thorn. But... I have never had any. I, I have never had any. I've never been raised in the way of politics and political marriages. I know I'm high-born on one side of the family, but it's the other side that people notice. If you take my meaning, 
quite understandable. <laughs> it, it is not something half orcs are uncommon enough in Bravoy that many of us have limited experience. You are the only one I have ever met in anything more than rem- the remotest passing. It's you uh, do you do your people credit, if I may say so. <laughs> it uh, there's. When I was growing up, the first thing anybody noticed about me was that I didn't belong. And when I was rescued out of Beltson and I travelled with mercenaries, the first thing that anybody noticed about me wasn't so much with mercenaries. They were a good lot, by and large. But every time we, we came to a new place, and of course we were always on the move, it was it was the first thing anybody noticed about me. It. It doesn't bother me so much these days. The people grow used to what they're accustomed to, and um, <laughs> it doesn't bother me so much getting it from um, folk I've no respect for anyway. Um, folk like Drelev and um, his wife, but uh, it'll something you grow up with like that. It'll always it'll always be a part of me. There's not being human and wanting to be. I think there's things you've been through that I'll never understand, but... And likewise. It is... I can't think of orcs as being as good as humans. They're just not, and that's an end to it. And it's a part of me I would like not to be part of me. But that's that's neither here nor there. It's... uh, all that matters is that you know that this is a choice that's down to you. And I think you've already made it, and that you just... Um, it, it, it sounds to me like you'd made it before you come in the door, and that, I think, means that it's the right one for you. I... The fact that it's what I'd personally advise you to do isn't really the point. The point is that you know what you, in your heart what's best for you. Some of the other shopkeepers and farmers' daughters that I grew up with would be thrilled to snag a prince of the realm regardless of his uh, regardless of anything let alone one as, as commanding and handsome as Vaan but um, yeah, it was never my dream but I I simply wish to check in the new kingdom of Stagthorn that the king did not have a strong opinion that he wished to weigh in on what would be best for his family and this is not a particularly subtle message that is lost on you She's literally coming to check that she's got permission to turn him down. And, um, Caleb will noticeably wince at that. Because it, it is theoretic, like, your powers as king literally, basically, extend to whatever the hell you please. This is not a system of checks and balances. It's only a question of how much people will tolerate yeah. before they actively rebel against you. So you could actively order her to marry Van quite easily. Whether or not she would do it, run away or take any one of a thousand options otherwise available to her, you you don't necessarily control. But you absolutely have the theoretical power to go around and insist on rights of, um... What is it? Uh, droit design, d- designu? The, uh, the, that's the, um... That's the custom... That's the, um... The king gets to sleep with whoever he wants, is what I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I was thinking of Prima Nocte, is it? The, uh, the lord gets to sleep with the wife on the honeymoon night. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, if you if you're getting married, the lord the, the lord gets to deflower you first, kind of thing. You, 
it's an old medieval tradition. And right. That sort of I think um, Droit Dis, if I ever, if my understanding of it is correct, Droit Dis Senior is the king can sleep with, can sleep with anyone he wants to. Yeah, yeah. It, that's more with of a, that's, more, that's more of an ongoing thing. Yeah, the, king, can the king's kind of mistress can be your wife. Yeah, the king, the king can just kind of show up at a farmstead, sleep with the woman, and move on in the morning. Yeah, no. Prima Notte is the no, the local lord can show up at your wedding and insist on having his night with the bride, and then you get her for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's, it's not great. No, there but, isn't. But in any case, Quintessa is coming in to check that you don't want to compel her to um, uh, marry your brother, and is doing so in such a fashion that leaves you lots of options wherein you're not forced to just out-and-out out order her to, and she's not therefore forced to either obey your instruction or openly defy you and embarrass yeah. your family and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, it's hard to say which way she'd jump on that, but yeah. this is what she's fishing for here. Yeah, and Catelyn actively flinches a little bit and then says, please consider yourself free to marry where you choose. Of course, Catelyn. <laughs> All right. And of course... Like, she absolutely wasn't free to marry whoever she felt like as Dreylev's mistress. Well, yeah, yeah. But I do think that, you know, if you if you are paying in that coin, you're pretty much uh, yeah, absolutely. locked into it. It wasn't... A, you don't get any impression it was an idea she floated to him several times oh, to marry her dear childhood love or anything. On the other hand, um, being Dreylev's mistress, not unlike um, the situation in um, the... Uh, the Corvosan one... You know, it turned out that yeah. taking the artist position, never, it didn't come with an exit condition. Yeah. She didn't get to stop doing it when she'd had enough. And likewise, Quintessa didn't have lots of exits. She couldn't just wake up one morning and decide she was all done with the drill of mistress. On the other hand, she ended up in a position of power and presumably a better one than where she started. Yeah, but... She's, she's at, over this conversation, giving you vague intimations of a common birth to, you know, a shopkeeper or a farmer's daughter or something in that neighbourhood. She's not leaving you with the impression that she had a deep and intricate, you know, child childhood and parents that she loves to pieces somewhere or anything in that neighborhood. Yeah. But nor is it a horrible traumatic story of and then my parents were devoured alive by orcs. Yeah. Yeah, but um the thing is that um she um brain went dead. You know, like, if she had decided that the Dreadlift thing was a terrible mistake and she didn't want yeah. to do it anymore, there wasn't a nice... Yeah. She didn't have I mean, the opportunity to dismount, just dismount the tiger and wander what, off. What Quintessa obviously brings to the table is that she is very, very attractive, naturally. Yeah. It makes, so it makes significant efforts to actually accentuate that. Yeah. But even as a common-born teenager, she would have been a very attractive girl. Yeah. Okay, well, that is pretty much that. Cool. Uh, she will um, leave you with the impression she's going to turn Van down and then presumably depart to do so. Cool. All right, so at that point I'm definitely now going to... All right, so Kaylin's going to give this a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. And then go see Van because this is getting to the point where... Uh... <laughs> it's getting comedic. <laughs> well, how many women are going to come to me and ask me if, if it's okay to not marry Van? Because that's two. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, Michaela didn't come and ask you if it was okay to not marry him. She came because she was upset because it was a logical and sensible idea to marry him, 
but she didn't want to, and she wanted you to justify those feelings for her. <laughs> yes, but that's still the second woman I've consoled on turning on, 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 on turning Van down. So when you go to see Van, he says, yet- I proposed to Titania, and she <laughs> said... <laughs> I've yet to um, have a conversation with Van about this, because I don't want to, but I think it's getting to the point where I might have to. He is in the practice yards, of course. Caitlin. I um wanted to um talk to you privately at some point. It doesn't have to be now if you're still working out. I'm only a few moments away from finishing up, if we can wait. Yep. You are alone with him. Cool. So we'll um, have something, have, you know, call, yep. do some calling off and have something to drink and that. Yep. And, that yep. and like men, you have to be drinking beer before you can talk about your feelings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Caleb <laughs> 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 will probably have had one before coming in <coughs> because, you know, he's feeling intimidated about Irish, Irish up that courage. Yeah. Caleb doesn't use it to solve all his problems, he just uses the cushion to make his problems that little bit more manageable. I, um, wanted to talk to you. Uh, Lady Quintessa came to see me a few days ago. I see. Uh, I understand that you proposed to her? Quite true. With her new ascension to Stagthorn's nobility and her position as treasurer, she's has suddenly gone from a comparatively disrespectful position of Hannah Strelia's not-so-secret mistress to uh, a very respectable one of our kingdom. And she, just between between you and I, she is a very attractive woman. I presumed that sooner or later somebody would make the move. It would be best to get in first. Unfortunately, she did not deem me suitable. I certainly didn't mean to leave her with the impression that she would be obliged to, but I can understand how she might have felt that way given our relationship, given our familiar relationship. Uh, uh, However, we've we've settled matters between us. Uh, I, I do not believe I've left her with any ill feeling that should affect the, that would affect the running of the kingdom. No, it's uh, not about the kingdom that I wanted to talk to you. I... Know your seeking wife. Of course. Jumande has been gone for long enough now that it is very suitable for me to move on. Look ahead. Have you considered speaking to Switlana about this? He (laughs) gulps his beer slightly, splutters takes a deeper sip and um, about uh, about the options available to me from the kingdom's suitable ladies no that would be uh, inappropriate given her station no I uh, I meant have you considered her as a wife oh uh He sort of thinks about this 
thinks about whether he's like you can see the little wheels clicking as he thinks about whether he's going to attempt to subterfuge his way out of the or not and then just deflates slightly uh, a great deal frankly brother because I didn't want to I sort of had the impression that there was something going on between the two of you and I didn't want to get in the middle of that because I'm really trying it may not seem like it but I'm really trying to avoid poking my nose into these things but at the point where I find out that you've asked someone else I've got to ask myself why if you're asking people you haven't asked her and something that Quintessa said might really think that me that it might be my fault because of the whole history between her and me, which might make anybody feel intimidated by the depth of my ineptitude. Lady Svetlana is a, a remarkable and deeply extraordinary woman. She always was for as long as I've known her, but recently, in, in light of recent events, she has become something even more than that. Aristotle herself has called you to, has called her to his side and I respect old Dead Eye's very accurate eye for talent. Hi. She's uh, very extraordinary, but uh, through no fault of her own, she finds herself in, in perhaps a somewhat compromised position with the situation with you, Tobias, her deceased husband, Oleg. She's... and she's common-born. That is not a concern. She has more than enough nobility of spirit to make up for any birth, and we are in the new stag form now. The nobility is what we make it. The nobility of Brevois is shattering as we speak. What will be in a couple of generations is is what m- we make it. Our nobles now are a ha- our nobles now are a half orc. The acknowledged son, the, the acknowledged son of the House of Thorn, he sort of points to himself. Some manner of strange changeling fay, uh, a shopkeeper's wife, a a, sh- a shopkeeper's wife, a former troubleshooter and diplomat and. You know, I never entirely understood what Lady Bragg did for my father exactly, but I imagine it involved an odd backroom dealings. Uh, soon we, we have kobolds and centaurs we have practically ennobled as well. Lady Nanaya's... You and Lady Nanaya are about the only secure nobles that we have. It is simply... And I suppose our new Drelivi- some of our new Drelivians have titles which actually go back a bit as well. It's simply a distinction that doesn't matter so much anymore, and as Trist, as my brother has told me, uh, when we trace our noble lineages back far enough, we will all find bandits, pirates, king saviors. In, in the past, every line came from somewhere common. And it can't be that very long a past. I, n- neither the River Kingdom's being what it is. The Bravoya nobles... Bravois, it's heartbreaking to see what Bravois come to. But it has only been a kingdom for a few centuries when all's said and done. Mm. There are probably elves out there who remember when it wasn't. 
I have no idea where where the line of House Thorn comes from, personally. You never had the dubious privilege of meeting your grandfather, uh, Aldous's father. He made Aldous look like a very flexible and wild-spirited man. That's a terrifying prospect. He was a terrifying man. I can believe it. <laughs> he passed away from he passed away from a heart attack when I was oh, perhaps seven or so. Uh, but to hear him tell it, the noble House of Thorn had very likely descended directly from the heavens themselves, inquenchable, uncompromising. <laughs> I doubt any of it was true, of course, but. Uh, Certainly I could never get Father to divulge anything different to me. <laughs> uh, I imagine Tristram could probably find out uh, if we really want to know, but it may not be that what matters. Quite. I mean, to a greater extent now, the House of Thorn is what you and I make of it. Quite. Aldous has you... um, moved on for the moment. Doubtless he'll be back and wanting his say, and we'll be happy to give it to him, because whatever else he is, he's a man with a lot of political savvy, but you and I are the elder sons. Which is why I'm keen to see our house continue. You already have three wonderful children. I would like to add my bit to that legacy. And I would like to see that happen. So, what about Svetlana? I would bring her only grief. That she deserves better than. Why do you say that? Because look at what I have bought thus far. Ah. Uh, what, what happened to Jumandi? That wasn't your fault. No. It could have. It could have been me and Bryn if we. If I'd um, drawn the. Um, if I'd drawn the. Um, if I'd drawn the Van Holt rather than the Green Belt. Else, and we had been the kingdom closest to, um, and we'd be the kingdom closest to, um, Vordekai. I couldn't have stood up against him. It was my luck that I had the warning of what you didn't walk in, what you walked into. It was not. It was not my fault. And it was not my fault that the centaur, that a centaur arrow took Casper Morgan in. And it was not my fault that Master Pedro delved too deeply and brought himself to Vordekai's attention. These are consequences of my choices that I, as the ruler of Varnholt, had to live with. They were not my fault, but they were my doing. Svetlana has had a hard enough life without adding me to it. If you take one of these... If one of these women says yes, she'd be prepared to be your mistress. He flinches. So she deserves and can do a great deal better than that. But that's not what she's looking for she wants you she thinks that you can do better than she, her preposterous I don't know where you're getting these ideas from I know you may you may fancy yourself an expert on women but I've actually <laughs> dated a great deal more of them than you ever have I, um, I'm anything but an ex expert on women um, I, I assure you no one can um, think less of my abilities with women than I do but I do know Svetlana pretty well. She's got tainted blood. That's what they told her in Arisen. She's a witch. And as you blame yourself 
whether it was as you hold yourself accountable to what happened to your own people she holds herself accountable for what happened with Oleg and what happened with Niska what nearly happened what happened with Tobias and what nearly happened with all of us she's got regret she's had as hard a road as you've had and she's got regrets that go deeper as deep as you and she doesn't when she looks at herself she doesn't see this beautiful pal- paladin she sees a shop, common bomb shopkeeper's wife with tainted blood and a child by another man. But that's that's preposterous. Uh, Arcanic, an Arcanic bloodline is, is hardly a liability here in the River Kingdoms. No, but it wasn't arisen. And that's where she grew up. You've had a harder road, a much harder road, with your kingship than I've had with mine. I can't imagine what it can have been like to lose your friends and to see what you've built go down in ruin but brother as a man raised in as a human man raised in Bravoy you don't know how deep it goes when you're born wrong he sort of holds a holds a stop hand up to your conceding point I do not think either of us will benefit from a debate on who has had the harder life as a contest neither of us can or want to win no, I, I, I didn't mean it like that at all. It's, all right. it, it's just it, she thinks she's not worthy of you. But she'll never. I don't think she'll ask you. That is, or at least, at least not to marry. That is completely ludicrous. She could have any any one of her choosing. Perhaps uh, not entirely her first choice and he gestures <laughs> to you but she's is an extraordinary woman there are a great many eligible types out there uh, if uh, Lord Terry and his age should be seeking a wife again then uh, perhaps um, he sort of gesticulates off of it at this it can only be your choice what you do and I May not look like it, but I don't want to get in the way. But if she's who you want, you're who she'd pick. He bites his lower lip at that. And you've both had a terrible time of it, and I certainly hold, hold myself partly responsible for how hard her road's been. But I don't think it's true that grief is all you have to offer any more than I think it's true that grief is all she has to offer even though you've both had a really hard time of it we'll sort of chew on his lower lip for a bit at this and he says perhaps perhaps I would have been better just to have accepted Cassandra and Amesti's offer oh yeah about you didn't? That's that's good Oh, uh, not from her directly. Uh, her father made it very clear that she was eligible and seeking, and were I to turn my eye that way, I would receive a favourable outcome. She has the political. Uh, she has the political connections to make it a good match. She is definitely young enough to bear an heir, but uh, frankly, she's somewhat of a ditz. I am. <laughs> It may be unkind, but she is. I'm not entirely sure what uh, your Lillian sees in her, but... uh... (laughs) Oh, okay, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah, the... I... 
without uh, wanting to sound too I, insulting uh, to her, I, I, I feel you can do better regardless of what you're seeking in a marriage. I found the uh, pair of them kissing in one of the hallways. Oh, did I help me? They're going to have to do a better job than that if they really intend to keep it from Lord Durian. I think they were perhaps a little distracted to notice my approach. Aye, but the man's going to walk around the hallways. Uh, that is not a significant... It is a factor. It is factored into my decision, but it is not a significant obstacle as long as she is prepared to do her duty by the marriage and produce in the air, then if she is Discretion would need to be improved somewhat, but... But, I mean, it, it goes to show, doesn't it? I mean, that's the most important secret she's got, and everybody knows. I mean, among other things, someone's going to tell Tyrion sooner or later because of the number of people who already know. Surely not everyone. Tristan must be ignorant of this. No. Good God. No, he knows. Michaela knows. Quintessa must know. She knows everything else. Surely Svetlana, she has come from... a. a relatively isolated background. She's not familiar with the sort of thing that can happen in the big city. Someone told her. Who told, uh... You did. Oh, right. I told Switlar. Okay, that was that was on me. Yeah, remember you had that conversation with her and Michaela? Ah, uh, yes. Where Switlar was like, but but they are both women. Well, yeah. Michaela says, yeah, it happens sometimes, but surely not, you know, Sarah and no, the, the I... two women from the cult of Garuna. Yeah, them two. Oh, but that would mean they were... When they said to me, oh... Oh, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's on me. I I need your advice. Vlad <laughs> just starts laughing at the point of face palms. You can see why she's not perhaps a perfect picture of a political wife. Uh, uh, she's I, very young, though. I'm sure in time she would grow into it. I hope so. Certainly, um, having tried her as an advisor, she's a good woman and I like her a lot, but uh, she's just not got the head for it. Uh, I think um, for, there's bound to be a man out there who... Um, we'll come to that. I really hope she just sticks with Lillian, but uh, anyway, it's none of my business. Anyway, this isn't either. I do know that. I, it may not seem like it, but... I. It's the same as with Eldis. I just don't like to see the two of you not asking each other because you're waiting for someone more worthy to come along for the other person. I want you to at least know that's why she's not speaking of it to you. Brother, I, I do. I appreciate you looking out for me. And he will reach out and grasp your hand. Yeah. I think we both want what's best for Svetlana. I, it's um, not. I've not done right by her. I have a lot of regrets. You bear the weight of those decisions, he says, but that does not mean you control all the outcomes. But you know uh, better than anyone that you bear a responsibility for the consequences of your, of your actions. Yeah, deep nodding starts. Your burdens are heavier than mine, but it's... I could have done things differently and her life might have been easier than it has been. I couldn't necessarily have known that my selected counsellor was a traitor who was going to 
betray her and possess her son with the demon and I, I couldn't have known what would happen exactly but I could certainly there were things I could have done that would have done less damage than the things that I did we do not control what the gods give us only what we do with what we are given we must master the circumstances we find ourselves in not the ones we wish we were in Aye. On circumstances I wish I was in, I think we should drink now. Aye. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And he's going to get trolley. Yeah, excellent. At which point, we, we suddenly segue up to sort of the what would be the clock, if we had yeah. clocks everywhere, up to the moon, and then it's moved yeah. on. Let's hear you around each other. Now that Contessa Barrett, <laughs> she's a piece of work. <laughs> I hate to see her go, but I love to watch her later. <laughs> and that's probably a rap scene there. Yep, that's, and that's that. Alright, you have finished your kingdom events. Yes. Which are, you know, pestilent bugs, uh, a goddess, and romance, romance, romance wax. <laughs> Is romance wax even on there? Yes. Van proposes to Quintessa is literally written on this sheet. Okay. It's written in pencil, obviously, because it's not a pre-rolled event. It's yeah. based on circumstances you put in motion when you make Quintessa the treasurer. Yeah. Once you make her eligible, Van is going to ask her to marry him. Well, at least I've now found out why he's doing this instead of asking out Footliner. And I have made my pitch, and that's as best I can do. So, peace and Stagthorn, externally, but not internally, as romantic trials plague our married Caleb. <laughs> dum, dum, dum.